Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. Supposed to be professional in a moment. Yeah, what are you, me? Oh, God, there's just so much going on. There's so much happening. There's so much to talk about. So much. So much. Especially because it's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's time for the Mark Order Podcast. Here on the Shining Wizards Network. live crew for you right now it's uh two for me two for you over there i see i see ryan schlong's here with me hello and we're uh hanging out i don't know we'll see if we get hollywooded who knows you never know she double booked we took the back seat as is tradition so if she doesn't show up uh uh, there's there's no consequences, which is really the problem. I want to know how you double book knowing where you're at every Wednesday. Well, she did say, and I don't know if I believe it because this is Kate and she's a liar. I don't believe it. But um, she did say that it was supposed to record tomorrow and it got moved up to today. Who records a post show? Well, I think theirs is more a review show than a post show. I mean, we review. Yeah, but you can do a review show the next day. You can. But what fun is that? It's fresh in your mind now. You care about it now. You care about it. I didn't. I know you're here, Shlong. I know you're here. You're always here. You're here for me when I need you. I know. I've got. I'm. I was trying to make up a podcast that I was going to do right this second, and I blanked. No. No. I'm going to do uh, AEW Unrestricted. I'll be back. Oh, Ryan, if you were doing AEW Unrestricted, I'd be so fucking angry at you. No, you'd be pumped because I would make sure I had Mark Order everywhere. In your background? Get out of here. You would. Everywhere. Literally, I would. If they called me tomorrow, I'd be like, Aunt, we, I know we don't have any, but I need to get a t-shirt. I need to. <laughs> like, you know, we like, have Ryan, I'll send you. It takes a while. <laughs> I'll send you a fucking artwork and you can iron it onto your shirt. That's what I'm saying. I, w- I would be rushing. To, like, it would almost be obnoxious. I would see if I could be just shy of painting my face the logo. We could figure out a way for you to paint your face with a logo. Yeah, so that it, it, because if I got on that, things are looking way up for the Mark Order podcast. I would hope if any if of they, us got on that. I would hope if they came calling that uh, whoever they came calling to would be like, Hey, um, uh, you know, we're a trio. 
we oh, stick yeah. together. Well, realistically, I would try to get four of us on. I would even try well, to that's true. That in. That's true. That would be like this oh, is the very oh, real. Yeah. This is the very very real and serious scenario where they go, no, 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 no. We want the guy who wore a veil last week, and that's all we want. That's right. We have, an, one, we have an idea, and that's <laughs> and one who loved dark so much wearer. that he fucking went off the deep end and got a veil yes. and uh, lace gloves. Yes. No, if they were, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if I got it. I could get a text message on the side from Tony Khan himself. I'd be like, nah, we need all, all of us on this one. We need the Brian, story. the broadcast is here and they make a great point. They say you should get a, a, a Mark order neck tattoo Cody style. If I'm making, if we, if this podcast makes me Cody money, I'll do it in a heartbeat. It has to be oversized, way too big. On literally, neck. it'll be the most obnoxious thing you've ever seen. It'll just be like that. Oh, my God. It, up onto your cheek, Ryan. That's a life decision. If it's making me Cody money. Okay. Because I firmly believe Cody now has uh, what we call fuck you money. It's probably true. And if, and, if, and if I can get fuck you money, then I'll get a fuck you tattoo. Yeah, I mean, that checks out i mean i can't i can't disagree with you you know this is our show and, and i'm i have tattoos you know like i've got where's my arm here it is i got one here i got one back here i got a couple on my legs and I, someone asked someone asked me i don't remember if it was mrs money or somebody else they said would you um would you get your own logo tattooed on you i'm like absolutely not you could only get your own logo, and I'm very if one it was super successful and it was over, over so not live. Like this was something we've already done. Yeah, so like we hit it big. We're making hundred million dollars, but the mark order ends for whatever reason. And you got now you're going and doing the Anthony Ant Money podcast or Ant Money whatever on your own. We'll say it's amicable. We just something happened. We had to, we had to end it. At that, because if it's amicable, you'd want to honor it. Sure. So at that point, you could get it because it's no longer it's no longer happening. But while it's happening and you're part of it, it just would feel weird to me. While you're happening and you're part of it, it's just basically like brand, like uh, live advertising all the time. Yeah, I mean, maybe like if you were, if we were like the number one podcast, I actually don't think I'd care. If, like if you got the tattoo, I'd be like, all right, I get it. Because we'd be making, we would yeah. be loaded. And if something makes you that rich, you can get a tattoo of it. The only thing you were missing when you said loaded there, Ryan, was like this thing with your fingers where you're just loaded. There you go. That's much better. God, That's like. Fuck you money would be amazing. I dream about fuck you money a lot of times. But uh, it's never going to happen. Most of my life wouldn't even change except waking up for work in the morning. That's very true. I don't think much would change. I'd probably get more stuff done around my house project wise because I'd have money to pay people to do it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I would still find like I would still do something. I wouldn't. If tomorrow I hit one of those like, you know, like billion dollar lotteries. Yes, I'd quit my job and probably for a year do nothing. Sure. Just give myself a year of doing nothing. But then I would do something because you, you have to stimulate your brain. But just to be able to be like, I don't want to answer to anyone. Yeah, no, I would definitely not work. I'm with you. I'd take a lot of time off. 
I've even then said work would be a hobby. Well, that's true. I mean, listen, I say it like all the time. If somebody wanted to pay us to do this all the time and I can sustain myself, I'd put everything I have into creating content all the time. In a heartbeat. But nobody's paying me for it. So we're just going to do it as much as we can for the love while I work my nine to five government job. It's not really a government job, but feels like it. I have you. I have to pay the government to work it, so I view it as a government job. I did get texted randomly tonight by uh, uh, an old friend from college, and um, he said something to me like, "Well, I did sell out, and I work for the government." And I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" Because this was somebody I would never figure. I would never figure if it would work for the government. And he's like, well, it's the park service. And I was like, that's maybe the worst because that's the easiest government job to avoid. Who the fuck cares about the park service? You're just a fucking yeah, forest park at that point. But you probably do nothing. I don't know. I don't know. But it weird was good. things fall under the park service, though. Like. It depends on his job, but like sometimes in all government things, they'll be like park service and you're like planning events in the park. Like you're actually an event planner, but you get considered mm-hmm. your park service. Like sometimes weird stuff gets thrown into that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. But still you could be putting on Freddy spaghetti concerts. I love Freddy spaghetti. Or you could kaboom it. Kaboom. I'm glad you he understand went... what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. I'm trying to think, where did he go at the end of that episode? He just took the money a... and bought a boat. Yeah, but did he like, travel somewhere? He might have been in Italy or some shit. Like yeah, that. I just I love it that it was all over. It was a it was a scam. He's like, kaboom! It means nothing. I made it up. So fantastic. Good. So Ryan, how have you been? I've been good. How have you been, Anthony? Good. You up to? Were you up to anything fun since we last saw you here? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that sounds I had good. to think. I had to think. Okay. And that was my thinking sound. Um, no. How about yourself? Anything fun? Did you go wild? Did you get crazy? I didn't get wild or crazy. Uh, I went to a couple shows Friday and Saturday. Saw The Good Doctor Friday and Saturday night. Uh, went to a couple concerts. That was fun. Got sick with a head cold. You could probably still hear that a little bit, but I mean, not wild or crazy. Were there kids? I am not. Well, that sounds like you're propositioning me to come out as a pedophile. And that's not true. No, but I know I'm, you're referencing the game show Wild and Crazy Kids. I yes, know. I went with that route. Thank you very much. Can I tell you that today I made a, a reference to something at work? To two people who I thought were really the same age, and one of them, pretty close. Like I'm, uh, I don't give a shit. I'll say it. I'm 38. I'll be 39 in, damn, like a month. Uh, the person I was talking to at work was 33. The other person I had no idea how old they were. They were 28. I w- I would have guessed they were anywhere between 20 and 50 because I'm a terrible guess of age. But somebody made mention of something like a, a a dating show. And I was like, well, the only dating show that really fucking mattered was Singled Out. And they both looked at me like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I was like, you know, Singled Out, 
like, you know, where Jenny McCarthy started. And they were like, doesn't ring a bell. I was like, you said one of them was 33. Yes, they should definitely know. Yeah, I did. It's funny. You know how everyone is like, oh, this generation doesn't know like anything. Not like they're dumb, but like they don't like they they are dumb. Yeah, but they don't have the historical references. Yes. Like our gen, like I know not everything, but I know a lot of like 50s sitcoms, 60s, like all that stuff. And I was reading or listening somewhere where it's basically because of Netflix and Spotify and all that, where you're no longer subject to just what people put on. So like what's on the TV or what's on the radio, you, you can choose exactly what you watch and listen to. So you no longer have to suffer through you know, I love Lucy reruns at one, you right. know, 1 p.m. in the afternoon, where it was when we were kids, you know, Nickelodeon might have cartoons in the morning or cartoon, but yeah, you, you had a lot of just TV shows. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's an interesting theory. It does make sense. I, it was the same. It's the same thing for me, to be honest, with like music. You know, I used to be able to tell you almost all of the song titles on an out al- on certain albums. Uh, but. Uh, now that everything is digital, I never look at an album. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I don't know the song titles, but I think it's the same thing because it's a th- it were it's it's technically it's like essentially a throwaway sort of culture. You know what I mean? Nobody owns music essentially anymore. Everybody no, just consumes it and moves on. And you don't have to listen to a full album anymore. True. Like when you used to have to buy a full album, you almost felt compelled to listen to the whole thing. Because you're like, I just spent money on this thing. I'm going to listen to the whole thing. Now it's like, I didn't pay for this. I'm just going to select a song and then I'm going to go on to the next song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking kids today, Schlong. Kids today. Although I can tell you, I've recently purchased a cassette. Because that's the new. Yeah. But that's the new. Remember how vinyl used to be? the limited thing. So like vinyl used to be the special release. Now vinyl has sort of become the new normal, like things now are put out on vinyl. And then I guess you, you get a download code and you know, you listen to it. Yes. But here's my question. Mm-hmm. Vinyl as much as I never understood it. Cause I don't hear a difference between digital and vinyl music nerds were always like vinyl sounds better. A cassette objectively sounds worse. Yeah, I don't debate that. Yeah, I mean, they all have their own unique sound. Like when you listen to something on a CD, there's essentially just the sound of the music and how it was recorded. You know what I mean? On a on a vinyl, on a record, it's that sort of warmth you get with the needle playing off the record. Like you hear that, you know what I mean? And the cassette has the tape hiss, but it's not as sonically good as you know, the other options, but yes, cassettes are the new limited thing. So it's not vinyl anymore where it's like, pick up the limited edition vinyl because so many people are pressing vinyl. Then the thing now is pick up a limited edition cassette or I've even seen eight track. I don't understand eight track over cassette, but either way, I don't understand either one of them, but don't like, I know with VHS is at least, and I think cassettes are the same way. They wear out, even if you don't play them, they degrade over time. So do vinyl CDs. doesn't degrade; it stays well. Basic. It depends. 
It, it really does. It depends on how well you treat your vinyl. Like if you touch your vinyl, eventually over time, the oils in your fingers. Oh, oh but what I'm saying is like away. if I buy a collector's vinyl and I mm-hmm. keep it in its its folder and I just put it away, put it on as my shelf. As long as it's as long as it's in the right, <clears throat> excuse me, as long as it's in the right sort of temperature controlled space. Yeah, right? I, I'm a collector. I have the right yep. room for it. It's yep. going to stay fine. I buy a yep. cassette no matter mm-hmm. how good I am to that cassette. Yeah, eventually the tape wears out, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing, honestly, with CDs. It's not... I don't remember how long ago it was, Ryan, because it's been a long time. But I did read an an article somewhere once in in a magazine or something, like a physical magazine, so that tells you how long it was. But it was all about the fact that like CDs do degrade over time, not as quickly as cassettes, but they do degrade. So eventually, like all these CDs I have on the shelf over here, they will be worthless because eventually they degrade no matter how well you keep it. So it's all garbage. It's all garbage. Yeah, it is, I guess. But at the same point, by the time some of them degrades, we'll be dead. So who cares? That's very true. Very true. The cassette, by the way, I purchased Metallica. At least it makes sense because most of their stuff was just cassette based. Nope, this was the new album, the brand new. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying like you buy it, like, but I'm saying at least. No, I know, I know. They're a I cassette know. band. Nothing makes sense to me with them, like the new bands that were never on anything, like released. Like it's like this wasn't you. I never listened to yeah. a single one of your stuff on this. Yeah, <clears throat> it is weird though when you think of a band like Metallica. They probably went through all phases. They probably. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I'm thinking about like, uh, um, you know, Master of Puppets and stuff like that. That was in the 80s. So they were they were on vinyl. They would have had to have been pressed on vinyl and then cassette. And then when the Black Album came out, it was in the early 90s. So it would have been on CD. And then by the time Load and Reload hit, those absolutely were on CD. Yeah, so, I mean, definitely Master of Puppets was definitely on. Had to be on uh, vinyl. Yeah, because vinyl were around for a lot of those things. Uh, and there was a long crossover period, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember, like, as a kid, you know, growing up in the 90s, my parents had a record player, like, new. Mm-hmm. Like, it was still a thing. Because at that point, CDs were just becoming popular, and vinyl was still almost better than a cassette if you could get it. Right. And CDs but- were super. The players and the CD you know, the discs themselves were super expensive. And then around like the turn of the century, they got cheap. Real cheap. I want to see you get like a a new CD for like 20 bucks. To the point where it's at one point you could buy spindles of blank CDs and burn them yourself. Remember that? Oh, that's what we ended up doing when I was in high school. You would, you'd buy, you know, the stack of it. Someone had a good burner. You'd put them in. And no, I mean, it wasn't like some people I know tried to sell. Obviously, we were just doing it among friends. And you'd be like, we all want this CD. And he'd burn like four copies of it and everyone get a copy of it. And yep, even print I out found... like the artwork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I found uh, I found uh, old mixtapes, I guess, that were in a drawer that I had. And I I was looking for something else. So I put them on one day just to see if it was what I was looking for. They weren't. So I didn't listen through them. But I one day, Ryan, I'm going to put on those cassettes I found and hear what sort of goddamn mixtapes I was making, because I know they've got to be all over the fucking map. I, I don't want to know what any of what I made. 
CDs were so easy because you could just burn them so quickly. Cassettes were a pain in the balls. But the one problem with CDs is, at least in my experience, sometimes you'd wind up with a really weird CD because you'd have, usually, I, it wasn't really Napster because that didn't last that long. It was like right. Kazaa or LimeWire. Lime yeah. And you'd have all these this music, and I had siblings, so you had some of their songs on there and all. And you would just be like, select here to here to down. So sometimes I went up a CD, and I think it's all something I want. And all of a sudden, I'd hear like a pop song. I'm like, what the hell happened to my music? Yeah, yeah. And and you you know it was it was, Caden. If you keep making us feel old, you're getting a timeout. I just want to express that. You can put him in a timeout. You know, and I'm giving him I'm giving him a chance right. like a child that he is. Do you remember to the very short lived and, and I never had it. I knew one kid in high school had it. Do you remember the mini disc? Oh my God. Yes. That is a, that is a callback. I never expected. They really thought that was going to be a thing. If you're in the chat and you remember what a mini disc is, please let us know, but I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it. The mini disc was supposed to be the, the next big music format schlong because they said you could fit like 50 songs on a mini disc and it was essentially like a floppy disc right it was like a mini cd in a little sort of shell and you'd pop it in and they said you could you know uh you could fit a ton of songs on it but it never took off they were always super expensive and um and they just never took off that's the mini disc player I know. Do you like I? I knew a couple people who had this. I knew one kid and who had it. He got curb stomped. For real? Yeah. Is he dead? No. He just got jumped one day walking to school. Holy shit! I remember the story was uh, was he? Uh, I think I'm not gonna say names, but I I know uh, he was I think walking to school from the train station because there were kids who came up via the train. And they always told you, don't walk. The bus will come. And I guess the bus was late. So him and some other kids were walking or maybe they wanted to smoke. So they were walking. And I guess these kids started like this group of people started hollering and he turned around to talk, I guess, thinking, thinking that everybody else he was walking with had his back. They all fucking bolted. They were like, I'm not fucking with this. And then he turned around and he had no backup. So they fucking apparently jumped him. But yeah, the mini, the mini disc player they said could hold all this stuff and i think right it's because it, it would hold the data it wouldn't hold like the the it wasn't like putting the music on the cd it was basically like holding the data file but i don't i have no idea you used to be able to do that at one point with the burn cds too because i had somebody i knew somebody who in their car uh the cd player they had in their car was a data reader so he could literally put like 200 songs on a compact disc because it was just the data and he'd throw it in a CD player and you could have like, you know, all those songs ready at your clip. Trying to find a picture that shares just how small it was for anyone who can't remember, but I can't find a good. Uh, like The mini the mini disc itself was very much it looked like a floppy disc, but it was smaller than a floppy disc. And if I, I that's the other thing I'm dating myself now, because, Ryan, I'm saying floppy disk, but floppy disk. There you go. Very small. That is. And the, the thing behind him, I believe, based on what the Reddit article was, was from the Matrix, because if you remember in the Matrix, he had a mini disk. That's right. He did have a mini disk. 
I only had access. I only used mini discs for one thing in my life ever. And when I was in college, <clears throat> our college radio station had all the station IDs that we had from like, uh, you know, bands and stuff, our station IDs and all of our PSAs. Cause we were not no non-commercial. We were, we would just play PSAs. We were a community station and all of those were on mini discs. And I remember thinking like, who the fuck uses a mini disc? And then eventually yeah. when we went digital, we never touched them again. Like that is mini disc falls into the laser disc falls into the, um, HD DVDs yep. falls into the, um, all that category where Betamax, all the category of stuff that thought it would be the next thing. And then something came along and crushed it. Well, the funny thing is, Ryan, that most of the things you just said, and I, yes, I know this is a wrestling podcast. We'll move on. I promise. But, uh, Ryan, I think just about everything you just said there, beta, uh, laser disc and mini disc, all of those things, I believe were said to be superior than the formats that beat them out. Like, I think everybody had said who owned a beta versus a VHS beta was superior. And then it never took off. It just well, lost to VHS. The argument I always read, I don't know if it's true, is that often whatever porn decided to put itself out stuff out on is what won the category. I know that's actually true for Blu-ray versus HD DVDs. I don't know. Uh, I, Cause it was a whole, like I, I just like, listen, this is your podcast. And stuff. I mean, I wasn't old enough at the time to be purchasing any of it. Again, because I'm LimeWire, but apparently sure. porn went with Blu-ray, and that's what killed HD DVDs because that's what everyone wanted to go with. You go where the boobs are. That's true. Uh, porn really launches a lot of technology. I mean, that's why the internet exists. Let's be serious. Pornography. Or at least took off. That's very true. Oh, schlong, we're old and it's okay. We're talking about wrestling. So we're nerds and we're old. So it's okay. Yep, we are old nerds. Gordon Post just simply put in the Zune. I do remember the Zune. Um, I never had one. I remember there's an episode of The Simpsons. And it's a, obviously a more recent episode because it has Zune in it. And sure. they were throwing out all their garbage into a black hole. And they get sucked in the black hole, and it turns out they end up on this alien planet. And the aliens have Zune, and they think it's the height of technology. <laughs> I don't remember that one. It must have been way more recent after I stopped watching The Simpsons. Zune. Oh, man. Well, Schlong, uh, I have to say this. Uh, just going back to last week, we recalled your eulogy looks like uh i mean some of the some of the pieces of feedback i saw online looks very good about your uh about your eulogy but i did see uh i think it was eric freed's in the chat i i'm not scrolling back far enough but uh i think he said he missed it uh if you didn't catch our episode last week <clears throat> certainly go back and listen schlong uh prepared a eulogy for dark and dark elevation if you didn't see it, you should certainly go to our YouTube, go back to last week because um, uh, Schlong really played the part last week. 
And Shlong, I still commend you for it because I know it's still hard on you. That's what she said, but it is. Uh, you know, I, I thank you. I appreciate it. it. It meant a lot to me. Those those two shows, I, I can't. I'll cry. I'll just I'll break down again. By the way, when preparing that eulogy, if I had access to mascara that I could have made run, you oh. goddamn bet your ass I would have done it. There was two issues. I didn't think about it till the day of, which mm-hmm. limited my choices. And two, I had no idea what I would need to buy so that it would work. I think you would more than mascara, maybe just eyeliner. Oh yeah, just just running. To, oh my, I would have done it in a heartbeat if I. I literally thought about it at like six six on last Wednesday. I was like, God damn it. Oh, sorry, Ryan. That would have been good. But you listen, you dressed the part. You were somber. Uh, and you, it was heartfelt. It's, it's a sad occasion when the, all good things must end, but I didn't want it to happen. Well, to anybody who missed it, uh, check it out. Ryan, I just wanted to say the feedback's been good on it. So there you go. Thank you. Oh, look, Kyle Kick Sparks is back. Well, hey, Kyle. Kyle, he's been doing a. Guess it's a play um so he's been busy so con- good luck i hope it is going well i've seen you dressed up i don't think that's just your saturday attire i'm pretty sure it's shakespeare so shakespeare yeah all right well it is time it is we're getting close to summer do some summer stock shakespeare in the park i just do that on my own you literally just go out to the park and start I get a fake skull, Shakespeare. and I'm like, to be or not to be. And then after people stop kicking my ass, I start again. Oh, little Macbeth. That's Macbeth, right? Or Macbeth? You're the Shakespeare, Shakespeare guy. guy. Come on. No, no. I just know that line, and then someone punches me, and it, it, it every start. I could see you going out there like in Billy Madison. Oh, my know, God. In the full costume. To be or not to be. Eric, um, so Shlong, what should we do here? Let's talk about uh, Let's talk Rampage. About Rampage, baby. Let's talk about it on TV. We're going to talk about Rampage. Then we're going to take a little break, as we always do, so we can catch our breath. And then we're going to talk about Dynamite tonight, because Dynamite was a full show. So we're not going to talk about Dynamite now. Stick, Stay tuned. There is a lot, and Gordon is right. It's Hamlet, not Macbeth, to be or not to be. Um, and Schlong, there's in Denmark. Ooh, there's a lot. Uh, well, not a lot, but there are definitely some news and notes to touch on too. So we got a bunch of news and notes to touch on. By the way, I don't. I said that's what she said before Ryan, and all that's been running in in my head now is my favorite. That's what she said. Quote was. We need two men on this, people. That's what she said. There's no time, but that's what she said. No time. Now, my favorite is when he comes out of the office, like, I can't make any more jokes. And Jim's like, does that include that's what she said? And he's like, yes. He goes, that's really hard. Sure, you can go all day? Well, you always left me satisfied and smiling. And you just see his face as he, and then he looks to Packer. And yeah, Packer gives a nod. That's what she said. Great. To me, it's the greatest moment in that show. Oh, anyway, let's talk about Rampage. Rampage was on what Friday at like 630 because they keep moving this fucking show. It's going to be on Saturday uh, this week because of basketball or hockey. One of the two. I can't. They keep switching on TNT and TBS. So uh, or actually, maybe not. I think TNT is all basketball. Who the hell cares? But it's TNT. 
Hey, did your Sixers get eliminated? No, they won. They're up three two in the series. I, I honestly was asking. Oh uh, yeah, no, they they, I, they won in Boston yesterday. So oh good. Is it going back to Philly now or no? Yep. Oh boy, going back back to Philly, Philly. No, don't don't do that. I, I do what I want, whatever. Don't you goddamn dare. Don't By the way, it's hockey crunch. on um, TNT. Hockey? Yeah, so they are switching it between TBS and TNT. So anyway, it's on Saturday this week, so it keeps getting displaced. But Rampage this week <clears throat> kicked off with El Hio del Vikingo and the Lucha Brothers in a trios match with Powerhouse Hobbs, QT Marshall, and Aaron Solo. Uh, and... Uh, Vikingo and the Lucha Brothers defeated Hobbs, QT Marshall, and Aaron Solo. Uh, and then um, we go to a backstage footage of MJF after Dynamite went off the air. He was irate, to say the least. Jericho gets interviewed at his locker room door, and he apologized being unable to perform his commenting duties because of Adam Cole's recent attack. <clears throat> He's trying to ensure that Cole will not be allowed to share the same building with him moving forward. Uh, and he ends by going back into hiding in his private locker room. Uh, so we'll see if he's able to pull that off when we get into Dynamite. We also find out, Schlong, that Taya Valkyrie has been suspended. For those who don't remember, Taya Valkyrie, um, in her match against Jade Cargill, put her hands on Ref Aubrey. She didn't hit the uh, road to Valhalla or whatever the fuck it's called, but she snapped. And because of that, they suspended her. So uh, that unfortunately happened to poor Taya. And uh, obviously, Schlong, uh, it's a work. <clears throat> so Jade Cargill goes on to defeat Gia Scott. She's now 57 and 0. I'm still wondering what the fuck is going on with Jade Cargill. I guess it's going to be this fucking rematch at the pay-per-view. Stupid. Um, Briscoe's backstage. She needs, she needs to lose. It doesn't make sense. Mark Briscoe's backstage getting ready for his match with Preston Vance. He gets interrupted by Jeff Jarrett and, uh, and his crew. Uh, they say they're ready to take the AEW World Tag Team titles from FTR. And they want Mark to pass word to FTR about their intentions for a tag team title match at Double or Nothing. We do get a response tonight. We will talk about that later on. Mark Briscoe goes on to defeat Preston Vance. And then um, uh, Mark's kids uh, and family are there uh, at the guardrail celebrating uh, after the match is over. Dustin Rose gets interviewed. Um, and on May 17th in Austin, Texas, it's his backyard. And that's when he gets attacked by uh, Brian Cage. So Swerve Strickland uh, is there too. Keith Lee chases them away. And there's going to be a match against them all uh, on the 17th. Uh, there's promos for Anna J and Julia Hart. They announced a no hold bards match, which we'll uh, talk about tonight. Uh, and then we get the firm deletion. So Schlong, I'm going to pause on the firm deletion. Uh, because I want to ask if there's anything in the in the the front end of Rampage that you necessarily wanted to call out. All I'll call out. Uh, we we address that Jade needs to lose. Uh, we'll talk about the the tag stuff during this show. Uh, 
The only thing I'm going to call out is that they, they need to figure out what they're doing with Hobbs. I liked Hobbs with the QT Marshall thing. Like, it doesn't bother me, but I don't want him taking losses again either. Like, it's not that I mind that he has lackeys that aren't really his lackeys. It's not that I mind that he gets involved these people, but I don't want him to be taking losses, a lot of losses because of them. I want him to be winning. So they need to figure out where that's going in a hurry. Yeah, I just – it's just frustrating with Hobbs because he was on this trajectory that looked really promising. And with you, uh, I think we've all discussed this on this show. We liked we liked the QTV thing, but we thought maybe, okay, you have him with them and then sort of he moves on and then maybe you keep rotating people into that spot, right? Because you – excuse me, you'd figure that – if you're going to run a gimmick where somebody's being like a TMZ, you want to stay with whoever's sort of the flavor of the week. You know what I mean? Um, but they haven't done that. So I'm with you. Hobbs definitely needs, they need to figure out what's going on with Hobbs. So I agreed. All right, Schlong, here it is. This is what everybody wants to talk about. The firm deletion match. So the firm shows up at the Hardy compound and they smash his mailbox. And that's when uh, the drone welcomes the firm to the compound with a message from Broken Matt before changing the time-space continuum to make it go from day to night. Uh, and then um, the faces sh- uh, shoot fireworks at the heels. All eight men are brawling in the open field. I'm doing fireworks. Oh, I, I thought you were maybe were raising your hand. Sorry. I was no, Then I fireworks. realized you're doing fireworks. I'm sorry. I went silent because I was like, Ooh, yeah, I'm acting so along. Pretty. Uh, now, uh, that's when Jeff rams Big Bill into a tree. Uh, Bill is able to recover and use uh, use his strength to smash the Hardys <clears throat> and Cassidy, repeatedly slamming Isaiah into the tree. Ethan Page counters Matt's twist of fate. Jeff smashes a branch over Bill's back and then chokes him out with another one. And Stoke is being chased down by Matt's kids on power wheels. Matt and Ethan step into the ring and they go to commercial break. So let's pause there, Schlong. The first part of this very classic uh, Hardy compound match here. Uh, any problems with this? No, I mean, I knew what I was getting when they, when they, they started it. You know, it, it, this was going to be insane violate the rules of nature just be its own thing uh you have to do it at night because in the day it just isn't the same uh the fireworks thing made me laugh because hook when hook they pass hook and he's like all of a sudden eating chips he's like oh crap i should be firing fireworks and he gets up to do it do it that made me laugh um right no i mean it, w- it was what i expect i had no problem so far and soakley running from kids and in, in power you know in the power wheels was fun fantastic the stoke the Stoke piece was fantastic. Um, by the way, I agree with you. It has to be at night. It just looks better. It's almost yeah. like uh, Ryan. We've talked about the bonfire. You've listened to them in the past. I have. Yes. They've talked before about when like these um, like uh, black or death metal, heavy metal bands play these like music festivals and go on during the day. It's very daytime evil because it's very hard to believe. Yeah. Somebody is like 
evil and demonic when they're out in the sun with their face painted. I agree. I'm so this evil. It's me. 70 and sunny. That's right. Uh, all right. So Matt, <clears throat> back from commercial, Matt hits a twist of faith on uh, Ethan Page. Big Bill is able to break up a pin attempt with a chair. Uh, Stoke, meanwhile, is being stalked by the kids inside the house. And we see Senior Benjamin zap him and the uh, zap Stokely and the kids swarm in um, to get him. Ethan Page uh, has a gas can and pours it on the Hardys. But uh, his plan to set them on fire, much like Eddie Kingston, uh, gets spoiled. Um, uh, Cassidy is able to uh, uh, to break it up. Um, and then we see Stoke rolled into the ring. And that's when Matt's kids give him a twist of fate and a swanton. Actually, Matt's kids don't give him a twist of fate. Uh, his wife gives him the twist of fate, right? Yeah. And then his kid uh, does hits the swanton bomb. And Moriarty and Big Bill uh, both get put through pay, uh, tables. Ethan Page gets uh, <clears throat> gets hit by all the baby faces. Hook suplexes him. Matt hits a twist of fate. Jeff finishes him off with a swanton. With Matt making the cover for the three count, the firm has now been deleted. The Hardys, Isaiah Cassidy, and Hook defeat the firm. And that is the end of the show. So, so Schlong. Um, I don't know if they've actually like said that the firm is done, but they have to be at this point, right? They've like been they've deleted. been deleted. Someone went up to them and pressed the delete button. Right. Now, I guess you could recover them out of the recycling bin. Yeah. If you're not, there is a recycling bin, maybe saved to the cloud. It's true. That actually would be really funny if like their next entrance is just the cloud. And they just oh go the red. But look, listen, this was this was a fine match. It is what it is. I loved the story leading up to this. Absolutely loved the Matt Hardy, Ethan Page story. I think it was one of the best in wrestling. It just wasn't getting the attention it deserved. I loved the moment in the match where Matt Hardy was like, under different circumstances, we could have been friends. Like, there was a lot in this. Um, you have to like silly, and I like silly. It's very true. I'm a big fan of the silly, and this was this was silly. No, I'm, that's you what think? I'm saying. You're true. Yeah, like... You know me. I have a track record of hating matches like this. Um, <clears throat> but these matches, these were like, they've done these a number of times now. They all follow the same formula. You definitely yeah. know what you're getting. And that's why I don't necessarily mind these, but I wouldn't want to watch a whole show of matches put on like this. You know what I mean? No. I, I and, and it works because it's Rampage, which is a pre-recorded show as is. Right they get around with it and Gordon post bringing up that Jeff did in fact light his symbol on fire at the end. Very true. Very true. I forgot about that. But it, it, it was like I said, I I'm with you. I don't want these regularly, but every now and again, especially when they're silly and especially on a pre-recorded Friday show, I'm not going to complain that I can quite enjoy that. So let me also ask you this question. Schlong is with the firm now deleted what do we hope to see out of the guys involved in the firm? Because I think at one point it was a good way <clears throat> to have these guys sort of working and involved in stuff, although they never really got going. And I think that their plan sort of got fucked up, you know, with uh, CM Punk and like then MJF. Yeah, they, and I, I think, I think there was clearly 
some plans there that just didn't take in, didn't happen. Um, so a couple things. I, I take each guy separately. I want Ethan Page to become more of a a regular single superstar. I would love to see him win either the TNT or international title. I think he's at that level. Uh, I would like to see. I don't know what you do with Big Bill. I actually don't mind Big Bill and um, Lee Moriarty as tag team. I actually think they complement each other pretty well. But truthfully, I kind of want to see Lee Moriarty going for the pure title down in ROA. I say down, but I don't view it as like a knock right now because you're you're throwing talent everywhere. Right. So I would love to see Lee Moriarty going for the ROH. But if they don't want him in ROH, they're going to focus him in AEW. Kind of want him on a similar path to Ethan, which is that he'd be going for one of those other titles. Though he doesn't necessarily have to. I would just like him in some interesting feuds. Put him against some other really good wrestlers and let them have fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think Lee Moriarty and Ring of Honor makes sense. Um, Ethan Page certainly deserves to. Ethan Page certainly deserves a shot at something, you know, on Dynamite or whatever the Saturday show becomes. Right, that's still all up in the air. Um. You know, Stoke will stick around where Stoke sticks around. He's a great hand, uh, or he's a great uh, handler, excuse me. Uh, and then I think, like, unfortunately, the odd guy out would be Big Bill on his own. I think he needs to be sort of, like, tagging with somebody. Uh, and that's not a knock at Big Bill. It's just, like, they already have a ton of big men. They're, like, we've seen, like, they're struggling with what they're doing with Hobbs, um, you know, Wardlow's invested in the TNT title with, you know, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. So it's not like you can have, you know, them sort of duking it out. It's uh, it's weird. I just feel like Big Bill sort of in this weird odd man out position. But he's with them, you know, and Gordon Post even brings up the question, do we know what's going on with Scorpio Sky? Personally, I don't know what's going on with Scorpio Sky, but I miss the Scorpio Sky. He was great. I, I think everything we talk about right now with who's going where, as we'll talk about tonight with two wrestlers who made an appearance, is going to be heavily dependent now that they have an additional what's likely to be two hours of TV to fill. The, the latest report coming out is that they'll get two hours on Saturday, you'll have two hours at I make, and Rampage stays but becomes more of like a Sunday night heat, which I'm fine with. That If you have you are going to have to use way more than you're currently using. Mm -hmm. You just have to, you have, I don't want a hard brand split, but for this sake of this conversation, we're just going to do it this way. You're going to have to have a roster for Wednesday. And I want a completely different roster wrestling Saturday. And obviously right. they'll, they can interchange and flip up, but Gordon Post, he is still with AEW by the way. Um, but you, but you need to use different people so that, it doesn't get boring. One when like WWE at its worst with the brand split was when they got rid of the brand split and the same guys were just appearing on the same shows because yeah. on, on like, on like, you know, you'd see the same guy Monday and Friday. And the reason that's problematic is it gets boring real quick. Yep. You, you burn through a story right away. Whereas I've, Ethan Page wrestling on Wednesday night, and he does, and then you can have Ken, you know Ken, um, Lee Moriarty wrestling Saturday, 
you have your set you, they each get to do something and you haven't burned through ethan page's story yet Whereas right if you wrestles wednesday and saturday you're burning through his story at a rapid pace so they need to and and obviously there's talks oh there is going to be a brand somewhat of a brand split but not hard that has been kind of the discussion that it's going to be for lack of a better soft or soft but they're you know kind of more with what we want which is guys won't be overlapping on nights but they'll they'll be floating show to show depending on you know sure but that opens the thing of whenever you have a discussion of like what's scorpio sky gonna do what's miro gonna do what's now you have a whole other show you're gonna have to fill you're gonna have to fill tag teams on that show you're gonna have to fill trios on that show you're gonna have to fill singles on that show you're gonna have to fill women on that show right so and you still have rampage so you have th- you have five hours of TV. You're gonna have to fill and ROH, right? Which, in my my opinion, means you need to give ROH ROH's roster and just say these are the guys on like once the show once you have all of your hours of TV set for the next year and a half, two years, whatever. And I'm, I'm it could be longer, but I'm just saying you get you go. These are the the roster. This is the roster for ROH. It and these are the guys for AEW. So already yeah. we could tell the differentiation. These guys just go ROH. And I would take the belt off Claudio. I would take the belt off anyone you want to see on AEW has to lose the belt. So that ROH is just ROH. Sure. And not forever, but say like I would make it a call of like if you're an ROH, you you uh if you're an ROH wrestler, we put you on the roster. You have to do at least six months down here before you can be brought up to to AEW. Not brought brought over. I would say over, right. not up, because you know right. like and that way you know if if uh, Roddy Strong goes down to ROH, whatever, goes down to ROH, you don't go, is he going to go the next night? No, if he commits to ROH, he has to give at least six months. He has to give a run. So you're treating it like a territory. Right, sure. And it'll be a lot easier that because you could you could say this group of guys is gone from all my AEW booking. Now this is who I have left for AEW. How do I make them all? I want to show as many guys as possible. You know, we talk about brand split. <clears throat> We talk about brand split, and the only thing we really have to compare it to is the E. The problem with the E, too, is the fact that they're the, – the problem the brand split doesn't work with them is because they're, they're contracted to two separate networks mm-hmm. who want the stars on each of their network. You know what I mean? So, like, Fox wants Roman Reigns and NBC wants Roman Reigns, right? So, like, you have to make both of your companies happy. I mean, hypothetically, if they wanted to do a hard brand split, with AEW, they could because it's the same company that they're running yeah. TV on for both shows, right? I mean, it, it's two different networks, but they're owned by the same company. So, what do they care? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, the, the, and part of it is like, in like when WWE goes, okay, we're doing a hard brand split, which they've already given up on, even though they said it. Um, okay, Roman Reigns is SmackDown, which is where he's at. Well, then you look at your your roster and you go, well, who does NBC want? And NBC, it's almost like the, the TV stations made their draft picks. Right. And they go, well, if we're not getting Roman, we better get Cody. Right. So now you have to take Cody from SmackDown, and he can't come back over. Well, if you're going to live by the the hard split, he can't come back over. Whereas AEW don't ha- doesn't have that that lock where it's like, oh, Saturday's getting, you know, Wednesday's getting Omega and the Bucks. Well, they can't. Well, that means they can't have the BCC. It's like. No, they can because TNT doesn't care that they're not on Saturday. Right. Yeah. And theoretically, they can be. Like, I don't like... I like hard brand splits if it's lived and and breathed. But, like, if if WWE actually lived and and died by it, 
but they don't. And if you don't, so then what I don't like is, and this is my, and it is a fear for AEW, so I'm hoping they don't do this, is that I don't like the, we just talked about, I don't like the idea of doing a brand split where you then just keep reusing the same 15 guys. Yeah. Yeah. Because then what are we doing? Like, you're giving me, I don't need five hours of any 15 guys, like split it up and make it feel different. And I, you're going to make more money. You're going to get me invested in more wrestlers. You're going to sell more merch. You're going to, because the more successful each wrestler in your company is, the better off for your company it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely I right. Just, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. But all I know is that uh, the firm is no more, so they should all go their separate ways, and we'll see what's going to happen with them. What I can tell you, uh, I'm certain of, Schlong, is that uh, we're going to talk about Dynamite uh, in a few moments here because Dynamite was a hell of a show uh tonight and there is a lot to unpack with it so we're gonna take a short break here to catch our breath get a drink maybe have a little pp who knows but uh we're gonna step aside here and uh after a couple words from some of the other shows that are part of the shining wizards network we'll be back here on the mark order podcast to talk about dynamite so stay tuned and we'll be right back to thank each and every one of you for tuning in every Monday night to listen to The Shining Wizards. If you'd like to continue to support us outside of listening, we've got a few ways for you to do that. If you shop at Amazon, go over to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, do your shopping as usual, and when you make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase price will go back to support the show. If you like to wear t-shirts, Merch.ShiningWizards.com will take you to our Pro Wrestling Tees store, where we've got over a dozen great designs from over 11 years of professional wrestling podcasting. You can become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizardspodcast, where each and every week we call out your name as one of our show producers, and the more you support us, the more things that you're entitled to receive, and believe me, they are fantastic. If you can't support us monetarily, if you don't shop at Amazon, that's absolutely fine. Continue to listen to us wherever you listen to us on the World Wide Web, and make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Doesn't cost you anything, helps us out, and we can continue to bring you the love fest that is is the Shining Wizards. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports, entertainment, broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, bitch you, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less.
G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Brocast podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Brocast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. like your music heavy then check out radioactive metal on the shining wizards network for over 16 years now radioactive metal has been one of the longest running podcasts over the years we've interviewed some legendary metal acts had some awesome discussions and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes so join your cool uncle snowy and his co-host aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Well, the action is underway. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. I'm Kevin Rowe. I'm Al Day. And we're a couple of down-under pounders that co-host... An action figure collecting podcast where we talk about, well, just about anything that tickles our fancy at any given moment. We're grumpy old men, and sometimes people get on our nerves, and when you get on our nerves, guess what? You get off the lawn. Get off my lawn, asshole! We also go on a little bit of a mission. We go back and we're grading every wrestling figure line that's out there. I'm talking LJMs. I'm talking Jacks. I'm talking Hasbros. Who doesn't like a little Hulkaplex? It's a Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast production found on the Shining Wizards Network. I'm Duke Bags. Kevin Rowe. And together we are the co-hosts of your Duke Road. If you want to hear about some terrible wrestling shows, we got you covered. Well, we talk about good ones, too. We're currently talking about the death of WCW. I know what we're fucking talking about. Sometimes we get uh, guest spots, like from the Taskmaster. I like to uh, I like to listen to the Year of Duke and Rope podcast. They're uh, funny guys. That, uh, I like when they I like when they talk about the, the, the Nards plows. I like Nards plows. That's, uh, that's a good move. And uh, I like the Dungeon of Doom. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I call my butt the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks, guys. Yeah. To Oklahoma. 
me tell you a little bit about my favorite wrestling podcast. All right. It's a podcast for two men. Two men, Duke Banks, Kevin Rowe. They talk about professional wrestling. It's a man's sport. All right. And who better to talk about a man's sport than Duke Oklahoma. And once in a while, Vince Russo stops by. Oh, you piece of shit. If you're not listening to your Duke and Rogue podcast in the back with the boys, you piece of shit, I don't know what you're doing. It's, uh, you got a slight one in there? If you're a man, if you're a man, you're talking about something only a man can do. You're talking about sliding one in there. Bro, take the time to slide one in there. All right, bro, you piece of shit, slide one in there. A Gorilla Brain Wrestling podcast production that you can find on the Shining Wizards Network. All right, we're back here on the Mark Order podcast. Shalom, let's take care of a little business before we move on. We want to let everybody know you can follow us on our socials at Mark Order Pod. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all over the place at Mark Order Pod. And if you'd like to support us for free, you can hit us up in our social platforms in the link tree that we have available, and you can request some free stickers from the Mark Order Podcast. So all you do is hit the link tree, hit the button for free stickers, give us your full name, your full mailing address, the country you live in, and drop us your email just in case we have questions about your address. And we will mail you out some of these fine Mark Order Podcast stickers. I should say, We'll ship them anywhere in the world. We've done it. We've sent some to Australia, to Spain, uh, Ireland, uh, Canada, Florida, all the countries. Florida's so, such a letdown after those others. Right. Uh, so uh, hit us up for some free stickers. Uh, we appreciate the support, and we'd love to send you some stickers uh, for, for checking us out. The other thing you could do is if you'd like to spend some of your hard-earned dollars on us, you can head over to Give our... me your goddamn money. We want the money. Uh, My wife keeps asking, where are the monies? What about the monies? I keep telling her, I don't know about your monies, please. Uh, but you can head over to our Pro Wrestling Tea store. There's also a link for that in the link tree, or you can go to uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod, or just search for Mark Order Podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees, and our store will pop up, and you can pick one of our four fine T-shirts that you would like to rock and show your support for us. Uh, our good pal SJ up in Canada just uh, put up a picture. She got her shirt. She's looking great, showing support for the Mark Order Podcast with some stickers, too, that we sent out to her. So be like SJ and order a uh, Mark Order Podcast T-shirt. We got a couple front prints, a couple double-sided prints, whatever you like. And we thank you uh, for uh, spending your dollars on us if that's what you choose to do. Shlong, the other thing I got to mention, and this is not a paid advertisement, I should mention. You know, every once in a while, Shlong, I look for a a, a treat, right? And, um, you know, sometimes people might want some chocolate. Sometimes people might want, you know, hard candy. Sometimes we're looking for something chewy. And if I'm looking for a chewy candy schlong, I'm going with high chews. You ever have a high chew? I'm not a huge fan. Shut up. 
Uh, they don't pay us. I don't care. Shut up, Shlong. We're trying. Uh, hi, Chu. Gonna pay us. Hi, Chu. They're uh, immensely fruity and intensely chewy. They're little little candies, but they're chewy, and they're uh, they're really full of flavor. This what I've got in front of me is a sweet and sour mix. That's uh, watermelon, lemon, grapefruit. They also have their tropical mix, which is like mango, pineapple, dragon fruit, uh, and kiwi. They have their original flavors. They have soda flavors. It's crazy, but every chew uh, brings flavor to life because they they release flavor as you chew. I mean, from the minute you unwrap your high chew to the very last bite, uh, aromas, you know, the, the aromas of true to life fruit flavors are yours to enjoy. And with the unique, uh, with the unique, uh, double layer, uh, that they have in this candy, mouthwatering flavors released as you chew for long lasting, uh, <clears throat> immense, uh, fruity and intensely chewy experience. Check them out. They're fantastic. That's all I want to say is I'm just trying to share some of the things I like with people who listen to the show. And who knows, maybe one day Hi Chew is going to come calling and they're going to say, do you guys, can we, can we advertise with you guys? And we'll be like, sure. Love the product. We'd love to tell people about Hi Chew. Give me the money. That's why that one's on the house. I will praise Hi Chew to the high heavens if they give me the money. Shlong, I feel like you'd like the soda flavors. Maybe the cola. Nah, I'm not a hot chew guy. Shlong, just say yes. I just saw... Um, Maybe they'll send us some free hot chew. That's why, you know, let's get it. Yeah, you'd be the one to get it, not me. What do I I'd, get out of this deal? I'd send it to you. I'd send I don't you. want the high chew. All right, well, tell me what to pitch next time, and I'll pitch it. Don't worry. I want the money. All right, we like money. Money, 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 money. So Shlong, let us talk about Dynamite tonight because there is a lot to unpack from this show. It was truly like a paper a pay-per-view level card tonight. Uh and uh it came from the 313. That's Detroit for those of you who don't know. Fuck Free World 313. Oh, Welcome I should have known that from that. Come yeah. Come on. He's gonna do it a cappella. Fuck, uh, fuck Papa Doc. Fuck y'all if Can't you do halfway me. crook. That's right. So we open up the night with, uh, with a double Jeopardy match. That's Claudio Castagnoli versus Ray Phoenix. And, uh, uh, they're on company property with company property. So double Jeopardy, we're good. Double Jeopardy. That's um, not double Jeopardy works. What is double Jeopardy? <laughs> That's right. What is double Jeopardy? Uh, so Shalong, uh, double jeopardy match. And to be honest, I, if they explained what double jeopardy meant, I missed it. I'm pretty it sure means mm -hmm. that the winner gets a shot at the other's belt. I was going to, I was going to say, I thought maybe it was like a proving ground match and they were just rebranding it, but that that's actually better. So, so then cutting to the end of this match long. Claudio Castagnoli wins by pinfall with the Ricola bomb. So I guess that that means that at some point, uh, the Blackpool Combat Club is going to get a shot at those tag team titles. I have a theory. All right, let's hear it. it so they're going to surprise. So they get to the very end of the match. 
you hear Shivani, I think it was Shivani, maybe Excalibur say, but which configuration? It's going to be Wheeler Yuta and Dikeshta. Mm. And it's not like he's going to be a full-on member yet, but this is going to be like, they keep bringing him in a little bit more and more at a time, and this is going to be the way they bring him in. They're like, you are now part of Blackpool Comic Club via our tag team. Interesting. I like like it. I can see it happening. I like it. They win, and obviously they get the belts. Okay. So more gold for the Blackpool Combat Club. The the only th- problem I have with that is I don't want them to hold the belts long because I want an established ROH roster, and I don't think they should be on ROH. I think they're an AEW team. Right. I agree with you there. But what do you think of the match long for an opener? Eh, it was okay, I guess. I mean, if you like good matches with lots of good spots and, and story, I mean, I guess it's okay. No, I mean... The- who can't Claudio wrestle? I mean, the dude just fits whatever opponent he's going against. And Ray Phoenix is incredible. I mean, he, I know Vikingo is like the talk of the world, but the difference between like a Ray Phoenix or a commander or Vikingo, Ray, first of all, the Ray doesn't make the opponent wait nearly as much for his moves, right? which I think adds to his matches. Um, so he's incredible. It's just a really good match. I mean, my God, those two could go. That's why I'm like, yes, give me tags. Give me more and more of every one of these guys wrestling. It was an, it was awesome. And Phoenix last year went on a tear. Remember, like he had that string of matches at in, like in the first half of 2022 that I think like every time he wrestled the singles match, we were like, this is a match of the year candidate. Like it's mm-hmm. just that good. And he's still that good. Yeah. Him and Penta, either one could be just a singles guy and it makes sense. And they have been at points in their career. So that's be yeah. For sure. Just a fantastic match. I love Tatoosh Long. Uh, it could have easily been a clash of styles, but Claudio is so good at what he does. Phoenix is so good at what he does that it was a really good match. Really fun, except for one unfortunate camera angle where they showed, I guess, uh, Phoenix with a spin kick that didn't even come close to Claudio. <laughs> and commentary had to be like, ooh, a glancing blow. But that was really the only down point that i saw in this match just do not show that on a replay (laughs) no yeah do not just let it go but a fun fun match and shalong we move on to a backstage segment and this is you know i'm not trying to rush through the first match but this was a this was a first moment of the night which was a big surprise i didn't see it coming i don't think you saw it coming but let's talk about it backstage we see somebody from the ground up, they show their feet, they pan up. For a minute, I was like, I'm not there because those legs looked really good. I was like, hey, I'm not there. And then when they pan all the way up, we find out that it's Miro backstage. And uh, Renee pulls up to him and she tries to interview him, but he doesn't say anything. He simply looks past Renee And he goes up to a door and we see that the door is marked Tony Khan and he enters and closes the door without saying a word. So Schlong, a big, big uh, surprise. I had no idea Miro uh, was was supposed to appear. We've been asking now for months. Where's Miro? Get something together for Miro. Can we please have Miro do something with Miro? And today apparently was Miro Day. So Schlong, 
were you excited? Was the did you have a spoiler on this one? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know. Um, holy shit, he's back! You know, it took him a while to get to the fireworks factory, and we kept being like, "When are they getting to the fireworks factory?" Well, they finally got to the fireworks factory, and Miro has arrived. And thank God. And I think this just lends more credibility or whatever to the rumor that they're going to have that brand split that's off because clearly now they have lots of stories in room for i mean they should have always i don't know how he wasn't more of a player but at this point you're gonna need again he's he's incredible i i don't know where he goes in a good way because there's just so many options it is going to be interesting to see what they do with him or what they have for him because for so long we were told there's just nothing for him, right? Like that was the rumor out there was they don't have anything for him. And we kept saying, how the fuck don't you have anything for Miro? Like he's so good. You can't not have anything for him, but apparently they got something for him. Mm -hmm. And if they don't there, they should figure it out really fucking fast. Now Mm -hmm. I don't want to see them pull something together out of their ass for double or nothing, but I do want to see him maybe do something of value at double or nothing. Or I think he takes the title off Orange Cassidy. He's got to take that title. Like what? I love Orange Cassidy defending that title. I do too. But we we'll talk about Orange Cassidy when we get there. So I'll hold some of these comments, but I think it's okay that he takes that belt off Orange Cassidy. I think it's okay. I just don't think he has to. I just think it's good. And he can make the claim, "Hey, he's uh He's international talent. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I like this a lot. A great surprise, and that Miro's back, and we will see what happens next for Miro. But after that, we get um, we get a, a pre-tape segment from MJF, uh, and I guess we found out here that they were sort of doing this for all of the pillars that were part of the main event uh, at double or nothing. So MJF is cutting his promo, comparing the pillars to the Beatles. He says, Sammy's Ringo. Jungle boy is George Darby is John. And MJF himself is Paul because he's the best with the most longevity. Uh, and he's been in the bet and he's been in the best dog collar match, the best Iron Man match. Now he's going to be in the best four way ever. And his reign of terror has just begun. And we go back to break. Uh, Schlong, uh, I don't have too much to add here. I liked I liked his promo. I thought it was fun for him to compare them to the Beatles uh, and sort of put all his you know thoughts behind why each person was who they were. Um, uh, but um, I just like when they do these pre-taped sort of segments, these hype segments, because I just think AEW does them really well. You know what I mean? Um, so I thought this was a good one out of MJF, and they told us we'd hear from everybody else throughout the night. I don't know if you have anything else you really want to add to this one. I just I saw someone online po- uh, posit a theory, and I kind of think it works, which is they might have seen that their in-person promos weren't hitting as well. So this was a really good way. These mix of promos they do all night was yep. a really good way to balance that out because it made them all look fantastic yeah this was a good one out of mjf i mean honestly what do you expect do you expect anything else at this point out of mjf he's just really good at what he does so 
Uh, moving on, we come back from commercial uh, with a little bit hype reel for the main event, which is the uh, steel cage match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega. And then FTR makes their entrance to get on the mic. And Dax invites his friend Mark Briscoe to come down because they have an apology to make uh, to him. But Mark Briscoe doesn't make his entrance. Instead, it's Jeff Jarrett. Ha ha. Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt. <clears throat> and Dutt says that FJR has one job today, and that's to accept their challenge. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's when things start to get a little heated, but Mark Briscoe makes his entrance. And he tells everybody to simmer down and relax because it's abundantly apparent that they have a hard time controlling their emotions. So... He said he talked to his good friend, Tony Khan, and he's got some good news. At Double or Nothing, there's going to be a match between FTR and uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal for the titles. But Mark Briscoe will be uh, the special guest referee. So he asked that everybody takes some cups because he's good, he wants to have a toast to make it official. And Sanjay starts pouring uh, vodka in everybody's cup but he takes a big swig off the bottle and then he spits it into FTR's face and they start to put the jump on cash. Uh, Mark Briscoe is able to pull cash apart from the rest of the group. Dax is blinded in the corner and Mark Briscoe gets pushed into him and Dax DDTs Mark Briscoe by accident. And they're very concerned over Mark Briscoe Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal are just yelling like, this is what you do with your friend or you really fucked up because this is the special guest referee. <clears throat> but that's that. So um, some some wedges being driven between this group of friends. Uh, Shlong, what did you think about this segment? Did it work for you? It was a little messy for me, but I like getting to the fact that there's going to be a special guest referee because I don't really think we've seen it in AEW. We don't. I think we've seen it once or twice, maybe if that. Maybe we don't once. see it often. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was a little messy, but it got the point across. What worries me here is the traditional, normal wrestling story is that Mark Briscoe would turn on FTR at Double or Nothing and turn heel and cost them the match. I clearly very much hate this if that happens because I want FTR to have. A, now, AEW doesn't always necessarily, because it's almost obvious that that's what would normally happen in wrestling, I could see them just not doing that. Right. And being like, yeah, you thought, which would be fine. I'm not, you know, that's my only concern. Uh, I kind of wish Kate was here because I would be pretending that I love it and that that's what I want to happen. Sure. But in reality, that's my only concern is that it's it's a very wrestling moment especially and FTR are old school fans like that to me is a an old like AWA NWA moment where you know just about to happen and the guy screws him over but we'll see I think Mark Briscoe is hilarious on the mic he's absolutely hilarious Mark Briscoe is very good in front of the crowd um so yeah we'll see what happens I thought certain parts like the pull apart was a little messy and the beat down and stuff but the Point that they really needed to make the DDT, uh, you know, uh, was there and uh, it looked good. So we'll see where this goes next week because clearly there's a problem now. So we'll see what happens. And by the way, if if Kate does pop in because I think her show is wrapping up, uh, we must come back and express that that is my idea and I am all for it. 
audience you now know. Okay. Schlong, we go backstage again to Renee Paquette. She's very busy tonight. She's interviewing Chris Jericho. He, he says he takes issue with everybody being so happy that Adam Cole got the best of him and after an unpro- because uh, he was uh, attacked in an unprovoked attack uh, while he was doing commentary. And Cole created an unsafe working environment, and he's a coward. So Jericho, because he's not a coward, went and got a court order that says they can't be in the same building at the same time. Which I think is very funny, Schlong. Don't it's not lost on me. We'll talk. It's all uh, lost on anyone. No. But that's when Roddy Strong pulls up and he says Adam Cole's his best friend and he's no coward. And Roddy isn't banned from the building, so he wants Jericho in a false count anywhere match next week. And Jericho says, I accept. And he says he'll have to have uh he'll have his army behind him. So be careful what you wish for. But Roddy thought about this. And uh, he's prepared because he says he's also got his legal, uh, you know, matters in uh, in order. And he got a court order of his own saying that the JAS are banned from the building next week. And uh, that's when Chris Jericho starts furiously reading through the contract. And he says, is this official? To which Renee says, looks pretty official. And so next week, it'll be Roddy Strong and Jericho in a falls count Anywhere match. Now, Schlong, here's my prediction. JAS are banned from the building. This has to go outside. Clearly. Clearly has to go outside. Um, Renee smile when Roddy's like, I too got representation. Yes. It just she, that's the stuff that she does that not every, uh, like, sideline, you know, backstage reporter backstage personality does where like she puts her personality into it she does these sell things but it makes the moment even better because you're she should react i mean chris jericho is kind of a dick and he's getting his comeuppance and but yeah this is going outside or they're they're gonna figure something out that legal eagle uh that jericho got his uh legal advice from has to be mark sterling right He's the only he's the only lawyer in wrestling. It's got to be Mark Sterling. That's all I'm thinking. You would think that Mark Sterling uh, knows the loophole. So we'll see. We'll see. But Schlong, they throw it right back uh, to Renee backstage after they they sort of make that announcement. She's she's quick. And she's waiting outside of Tony Khan's office for Mira to come out so she can get a word uh, with him. But somebody else rolls up. And it's Thunder Rosa. And Thunder Rosa says something to the effect of, well, I guess if everybody's, you know, having a meeting tonight, I guess I am too. And she walks into Tony Khan's office as well. So Schlong, two returns tonight we see on camera. We don't know what's coming up for them, but it looks like Thunder Rosa is back in good graces. We know that she's had another role within AEW doing like Spanish commentary uh, and some other things that I don't think they necessarily announced when they said she was going to be taking on additional responsibilities, but it looks like she's gearing up for a return to the ring. Exciting for you? Not exciting? What are you thinking? I'm a Thunder Rosa fan, so I'm excited. Uh, again, going to have two sh- two shows, going to have four, four hours of just that, five total. 
I want more than two women's matches, by the way. I don't want just or three. I don't want one on each show. I want multiple. So you're gonna need a division. I know listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore all the backstage bullshit because I'm not there. I don't know what's actually going on. All access isn't accurate and actually telling you what's going on. That's a show. Um from my opinion, in ring wise, I think she's just a lot of fun to watch. I'm a, I like her character a lot. I like what she brings in the ring. Uh, her promos when she's allowed to be passionate are a lot better than when they kind of had her doing some generic baby face promos when she won the title. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited. Now, Jesse Ozog is pointing out that he read today that she still needs surgery. Could be wrong, obviously. So, Wonders if she will be doing something else. Now that could be a could have been a curveball, or purposely put out there to shock us all the night when she walks into the office. But also, I'm less excited if she like I'm happy for her that she's doing something. I don't think that's her best role is as like a manager or a backstage personality right now. Right. But then again, if you can't wrestle because you're hurt, do whatever you know, do whatever you got to do. I'm not going to criticize someone because they're hurt that they're taking on different roles. Well, um, it is, uh, it is going to be interesting to see what, what they do with Thunder Rosa, because remember there, there was the whole, um, there was a whole thing with, um, with her and backstage talent, not getting along and stuff like that. And she, had some clear evidence that she was sandbagging some matches, right? So let's hope that those hatchets have all been buried and that maybe she's on her way back. I think they could use her in the ring if she's not ready, get her involved some other way. And when she's ready, she'll come back. But I think this is a, a another big sort of exciting piece tonight. We didn't think, you know, <clears throat> there there was no indications that we were getting any appearances by anybody we haven't seen in quite a while. So uh to see two th- big ones. That's right. To see Miro for the men's division and Thunder Rosa for the women's division. Very, very exciting. Very exciting. Shalong, we go to commercial and come back. We get the the same type of hype for, hype reel uh that we did for MJF for Sammy Guevara. Should be noted too. I'm, I, I don't have everything about Sammy Guevara's hype reel, but um, uh, Guevara did, you know, speak about, you know, sort of a- achieving his dreams and stuff like that. Uh, but also, uh, Tay spoke in his video, uh, about him and, uh, and so did Chris Jericho, something we didn't get out of MJF. Nobody sort of coming to his side, but we did for Sammy. So pretty interesting to see that. Yeah. Interesting. So I don't have anything to add there, Schlong, but this is where I wanted to sort of go to the next thing sort of quickly because this, I think, was one of my favorite moments of the night because commentary says that we saw a couple uh, faces that we know having meetings with Tony Khan tonight, so why don't we uh, hear from the man himself? And they throw it, quote-unquote, backstage, but it is definitely one of those pre-recorded... They've learned their lesson there, too. Absolutely pre-recorded Tony Khan message. And he talks about the great show that we have tonight. In addition to everything, but in addition to everything tonight, there are stars in the back lined up looking for chances to wrestle. And it's clearer than ever that AEW can produce more great content every week. So he's going to have a huge announcement next week. 
and he said basically stay tuned after next week's show because they're going to have more announcements to follow. Schlong, this is clearly uh, leading to the announcement next week, which we had sort of anticipated for the Saturday show. <clears throat> if you know, if anybody out there has been following or you know anything about, you know, the networks and stuff like that, they all I'll have these upfronts coming up. That's usually happens in the spring uh, where they'll talk about sort of their upcoming slate through the year into next spring. Uh, so um, they wouldn't want Turner wouldn't want them to announce a Saturday show until they've had their upfront event. And I believe that's slated to, t- to happen next week uh, earlier in the week uh, or maybe even right after uh, dynamite, like on the Thursday or something like that. So it, all signs are pointing to next week clearly being the announcement for the Saturday show. But Schlong, what I wanted to say, which got texted to me and I saw in, in plenty of other places, was what an A-plus troll job it is for Tony Khan to basically make an announcement that we have an announcement coming next week and more announcements in the future after next week. Like, just fantastic. And if he's and you not know aware, did. this was done on purpose. There's 100%. no way you could tell me that wasn't done on purpose. It was fantastic. I just, I loved it that he's like, our announcement is we have an announcement next week. <laughs> it's just so fucking perfect. It, it, it like, he's aware enough that he knows what he did. He, listen, he's. For all his whatever, he he's an online guy. He grew up on message boards. He he knows what the online stuff is. He has seen, he has to have seen the comments and the memes and the jokes about how much he always has a special announcement. So there's no way he didn't go, I'm going to announce an announcement. Right. Like that's that's just brilliant. It was just so perfect. Um I really just loved everything about it. Uh, even though it was not an announcement, it was an announcement for an announcement. It just was perfect. And if there are people out there who are upset at that, then you just don't get what's going on, in my opinion. Like, it was perfect. Same thing as Jericho making his his comments about uh, you can't be in the same building as I am to Adam Cole. Just a fantastic troll job right there. Just so perfect. I loved it. The less serious they take the stuff, the happier I am. Oh, a hundred percent. Cause it's something the other guys would never do. Right. They take themselves super serial and, um, and it's nice to know these guys clearly see what's going on. Like they're reacting to what's going on and they make fun of it and it's fantastic. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it's, it's love it. Yeah. So the upfronts will be. So the weird thing is, though, the upfronts will have already happened. They either will have happened. I don't have the exact date in front of me. Uh, They either will have just happened, or they will happen right after Wednesday. So So my guess is they will have happened because they'll probably want to announce it on the upfronts. Uh, Let me see if we can. So his announcement will be announcing something that's already been announced. Uh, 
2023. We're doing I mean, research live. Yeah, the Jesse's saying that they're happening during the day before Dynamite because there are fronts as the 17th. Yep, that's that's right. No, that's what we saw granted, last week. Granted, he's, he, his guess is that not everyone's... Truthfully, I will not care about the Warner Brothers up front. So the assumption being like, hey, a lot of these people won't watch the upfronts, might not know that we have that this thing is going to be announced. Or they may give him they may not announce everything at the upfronts, and they may be like, Hey, we're gonna we'll let you announce this thing on, you know, it could be like, hey, we're gonna announce the new deal with you and collision on the upfronts. You'll re-announce collision on Dynamite, but you'll also get to announce that such and such is going to appear on streaming or something. Right. Or even just he'll give more details about <clears throat> collision yeah. on the live show. You know what I mean? Like, That's true. They'll say, oh, it's going to be a new Saturday night show called Collision. It'll be two hours. But like, you know, TK can go into maybe some more detail. I'm excited for it. I mean, I'm not excited for like, I don't really care. They're clear they're going to get a raise one way or another, and that's just good because that yeah. just means more wrestling and more cool stuff. I don't actually care if these companies make tons of money. I don't own them. I don't get paid a piece of it, but I just want them to make money so that they keep paying wrestlers and I get to keep seeing good wrestling. Yeah, and especially with some of the talent that they have on their roster, right, which is, you know, different stuff than you'll see in the other place, you know. So yeah. they're two different products, two different styles of wrestling. You know, so yeah. let it happen. But an announcement that an announcement is coming next week. Just chefs will keep announcing. That's right. Shall we move on to our next match of the night? It's the Red Death Daniel Garcia versus Orange Cassidy for the AEW International Championship. Uh, and sorry, I'm just cutting to the end. Uh, Orange Cassidy does win by pinfall with the seatbelt pin to retain his international championship. Shlong, I'll say this about the match. It was fantastic. I think, again, people see Orange Cassidy and think one thing and maybe forget that he is so sound at wrestling that this was fantastic. Daniel Garcia, too, because he's a great technical wrestler. And we don't always see it in him. But the whole end of this match, the <clears throat> switching submissions from Garcia on um of Garcia on uh you know Orange Cassidy is just fantastic. Um you know, it, it just this whole match worked for me. And Schlong, this is why I'll also say, like this belt could have easily come off of Orange Cassidy tonight, and I would have been 100% fine with it. Real quick, um, I'm sending a case in the chat because I forgot to send her the link. I'm going to put her on a timeout. Oh, she just got the link. I'm still putting her on a timeout. Seems fair. We have the power to wield that. We do. So she will be here in a second. Um, it's funny because you said they don't often show that that uh, Red Death Daniel Garcia is, is like a technical wrestler. It feels like in a lot of ways they tried to go away from it. Um, right. Well, because he's supposed to be a sports entertainer. 
Yeah, and I kind of get it because it, it is the, the it's the it's the if you want him to be a heel, it's hard to be a heel when you're that good at wrestling in this co- company. The fans are going to want you to be a a face, so you have to stop him from doing the thing that he's really good at. Yeah, you know it's it's just weird, like. Um... I felt I felt like they could have taken the belt off of Cassidy tonight and it would have been fine. Like and it sort of maybe would have also put some of the credence back into the argument like, you know, see like you were such a good wrestler that they could have I just don't think they're ready to make him face yet. I just don't think they're ready for that that turn. Yeah, and I don't know if it would have turned him face. He would have raged against the fact that he was a a professional wrestler, right? He would have maybe just gone harder into the, the wrestling entertainer shtick. And I mean, my God, his whole entrance gear tonight was 100% sports entertainer, the crop top, the pants, the salsa dancing. I mean, just beautiful sports entertainment. So you think he would have raged against the machine of wrestling? Sure. Cause he's a sports entertainer. Hi, Kate. Hi. I waited. She was picking up her water. (laughs) So, Kate, I have to, before we move on, I have, I have to give you my favorite theory going forward now. What's that? That at double or nothing in the FTR versus Jarrett and uh, Jay Lethal match. Come on. Mark Briscoe Briscoe turns on FTR. He is the special guest referee. No. So he turns on them and gives them the, gives the belts to Jarrett and Lethal. I think that's what's happening. And that would be First your favorite all, thing like, ever. You're just like mean to me for no reason. So let's start with that. Mark Briscoe turning heel right now. Get out of town and take a bus. Never mind for a it mean is, to end like that. That is the classic wrestling move, though. Mm-hmm. Your friend is the ref. And then Mark Briscoe is not turning heel for like a long time. I don't know what to tell you. You would never see it coming. Not with like his real life circumstances. They ain't doing that. It would know. get a I, huge I, reaction. It would. Oh man, the crowd would lose their minds. Get this reaction. Turn it off. How can you say that about your favorite tag team, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett? Big. Because I'd want them. They're so good that I don't want them to win it the cheap way. Like, they just should win. They should probably realistically squash FTR. It's very true. So. They are the greatest tag team little... in the history. Oh. The single. This Bar is the none. best. Yeah. They don't need, in some respects, they don't need the belts because they are that good. I think that's what it is. I think that's why they're not going over us. It's just like, they don't need it. Also, is Ryan lagging or does my internet suck? Your internet sucks. Oh, shocker. You're lagging. It's funny. It was perfect for the other one. We don't know that. (laughs) I wasn't watching it. I don't know. I wasn't. Also, I've been here. Since you played into the joke, it is my fear that that's what they are going to do. Legitimately is my fear. No, no. It is the most wrestling thing in the world and FTR loves old school and that is NWA AWA no. right out the door. No, no, no. Not with the slate of programming they have coming up. 
there's just no way with Wembley coming out. I mean, unless I don't think CMFTR is happening that quick out of the gate and they have way too much riding on all out, all in and forbidden door. Like you can't even do that just because they've got to get to Aussie open versus FTR. There's no way they're going to blow that. I mean, you let could... me even come back because my internet's dumb. <laughs> okay. okay. I was going to say, I mean, you could lead to, I mean, FTR Aussie open would have to be new Japan. The forbidden yeah. door. Doesn't need a belt. It doesn't, but they'll put those IWGP titles on the line at Forbidden Door. That's true, they will. That'll be. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. You're still choppy, but it's okay. And um, choppy. Choppy. We Come need to figure out how to get difference. how to get a Ethernet cable to your computer. I've tried it. Doesn't help. No? <laughs> nope. Who's your provider? Optimum, baby. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Great, Same great season. service. Um, yeah. So uh, this Orange Cassidy match, Schlong, the reason I say like if Miro's going to be the one to challenge him, he's got to take it is because who else do you keep putting in front of Orange Cassidy at that point? You know what I mean? Everyone. I mean, you could, but like, who did he? I don't even remember. I just don't remember because he's been wrestling every week. Who who wrestled him for the belt last week? I'm sure somebody in the chat even knows. That's but, a good question. But he had a match like last week. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Bandito? Yes, it was Bandito. And in that match last week, I was like, oh, Bandito could 100% take this title. And like, it would be okay. Like, it would make sense. Like, you know, they could work well. That. To do what? Like, that's why Garcia didn't go over, right? Like, I'm kind of over the Jericho Appreciation Society stuff. It just feels really dead in the water right now. Um, And I don't know how much juice they can get out of it with Garcia for much longer, but he's too good to not be in an important program. Like, in, like, feud, like, title program or title-adjacent program um, on the show, and it just... At some point, it feels like every Jericho stable is holding people back instead of moving them forward. And with Garcia, we're definitely at that point. Uh, but the match was super fun, and I love Garcia. I'm just like, what are we doing with this extremely skilled wrestler right now? <laughs> like, right. if he was going to win the title, cool. But And then is Jericho getting jealous to break it up? Or are they leaning into it because someone now in the Jericho appreciation society has golds? Are people jealous of that? Like, um, but I agree. I would, if it's not Miro to dethrone orange Cassidy, which I think it should be. And I think he should just like swat him out of the air. Uh, I think Ethan page might be a nice shout for, for that title. Um, or somebody that that's going to be crossing over to new Japan. And representing it more internationally, but it feels like Miro would be the the next move. And though I'm wondering if he's going to be on collision. Not that the international title couldn't go there; it probably should. But very interesting developments today. I mean, if Garcia did take the belt off Cassidy tonight, they could have <clears throat> easily figured out how to work that into an implosion of the Jericho Society. 
right? Because he could have been like, I'm better than this. I have gold and I did it by myself. I would like it to be more of a story if that's the case. Like if if it's going to be the implosion of a stable that you've told us is that important, there should be more hype going into the match so that it feels like uh, indicative that it's going to have some emphasis behind it instead of just like a title defense that somebody won. I actually think the story should be the fact that the Jericho Appreciation Society does not have gold. That's fine too, but they didn't tell any mm-hmm. of that. So. No, not yet. Well, either way, it was a fantastic match. Um, a really good and match. Russell. Um, Orange can wrestle. And it's funny that every time he does wrestle, commentary is like, for those of you who might not think this guy can wrestle, like he can wrestle. It's like, yeah, he's fucking wrestled at, every at week. At this point, we know because he's had a match of the year candidate with um, Will Ospreay and he's just put on banger after banger every week. Like, you don't even need to point it out anymore. He's just this good. Yeah, that's, yeah. I feel like, been the point of the title right almost, you know? Yeah. Well, he is beaten and battered, so uh, if we do get Miro at some point, you know, it would make sense that he just demolishes Orange Cassidy, who's just been wrestling on a regular basis. But moving on, we get a video package, dueling promos between D, uh, Team DMD and the Outcasts, who look like they're going to have a mess- uh, match. Yes, that's right, Team DMD. I'm going the wrong way. Um so uh, it's going to be a three-on-three match. The Outcast versus Team DMD and uh, Shida, I think her name is. Hikaru. Hikaru Shida? Nailed it. Was on, hey, EW this week. She was. I've fallen off of Hey EW and Being the Elite, and I've got to pick them both back up. Definitely got to pick up Hey EW. It's every week's hilarious. Well, now that I commute fucking an hour on the train every day, I have no excuse. So I should be back. back. Your podcast will pick back up. You're here. I have one podcast that I listen to regularly. It's this one when I'm on it. That's it. <laughs> Fair enough. Just when I'm on it at 1015. I don't go back and re-listen. There are no notes. Oh, I definitely to don't go back and re-listen to myself ever. No. And when I'm not on it, why do I even listen? There's no reason. Yeah, well, that makes sense. We've all got you our favorites. Narcissist. We've all got our favorites. Ant Money's my favorite. So when he's not on, what do I need to check it out for? You know? Wow. Wow. It's just like all the Matt, the Matt uh, Millionaire Matt fans out there. They don't check us out when he's not here. I don't it's even funny. know that guy. There, there was a clear trend though. Whenever Matt appeared, the fucking numbers would be like this, and then yeah, when Matt was here, he's always showing his tatas. That's true. He does have some nice titties. He's oh, not Matt. afraid to bust them out. No, he's not. He's clearly oh. not. Poor Matt. Hospital hell week. It's true. He's not in the hospital. The pizza no. truck's at the hospital. He's with the pizza truck. Uh, guys, we get Christian Cage and Luchasaurus making their entrance to the ring. Skiavone is there to talk to them about the AEW championship or the TNT championship. Excuse me. And he says he's the number one contender because he's Christian Cage and his laundry list of accomplishments uh, lets him walk uh, into the boss's office and demand the title shot. 
And much like his previous opponent, Wardlow also had a father, but he's not going to go down that path because let's face it, Wardlow's dad wasn't famous and nobody cares. So why waste his breath? And instead he goes after Arn Anderson, uh, Wardlow's wrestling dad, who's abandoned his own son, Brock Anderson, and calls him Ric Flair's lapdog and says, you know, that makes you a legend, I guess. You know, how many times did Arn win a world title? Well, Christian is a multi-time world uh, world champion. So uh, he says, uh, by the way, Detroit sucks. I'm out or whatever. Uh, and then he leaves. Uh, guys, what I can say about Christian is that he knows how to draw such nuclear heat wherever he goes. And it's so effortless. It's just because he acts like a dick and he's basically like, hey, peon, shut your mouth. You smell. And that's it. He could say the same thing everywhere he goes and he gets a he gets a great response. Just the like the way he ended. He's like, by the way, Detroit sucks. And then just like Mike drop out. He got crazy heat tonight, though. Like I could barely hear the promo. I was I um, messaged one of my friends because I was like, is there some he's like a, a big edge and Christian guy. I was like, is there some significance of Christian in Detroit that I don't know like because I wasn't watching kind of in his heyday was there a match that I didn't know about they were like no I think he just is getting massive heat and (laughs) I was like good for him and um I mean there were FU chants there were Edge's better chants like all just while he was talking and there were a couple moments where he was smirking because you could tell he was loving (laughs) what he was getting uh, and it just, it made me happy. Like, it, it, I just love, I love when Gapzetti Christian is in his element like this. The Arn digs I thought were so fantastic because everybody thinks like Tully and Arn, Tully and Arn, Tully and Arn. Think of the Four Horsemen. Think of that whole era for him to call him Ric Flair's lapdog was so great. Yeah. Uh, circling back to Jungle Boy's dead dad for no reason other than heat was great um really really fun but like i had to listen so closely because he was just getting his ass so booed i was kind of blown away by because he didn't say anything particularly insane and it was from the second he walked out to the second he was done really 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 fun stuff yeah he's he's just so good at this character um and he can and what's great is that he just lays into like uh my resume speaks for itself thank you uh and then just like you suck and this city smells so i'm gonna leave now like it's just perfect it's perfect for this character and i agree with you this stuff about uh wardlow's dad not being famous just digging at jungle boy who's in the main event title picture uh and also wardlow at the same time it's just a, a stroke of genius just fantastic textbook textbook heel stuff so good. Schlong, I assume you hated this because it was mean. It was very mean. I do love that he screwed up saying literally. And a lot of times when wrestlers screw up saying the word, they rush to fix it so that it's like it never happened. And instead, he let the crowd make fun of him for it. Like he made it, he stopped and he let them react. And it made it all the better because I think it, I think that's part of what amped them up into the heat he got was that he let them get worked up over a mistake and he just let it go. 
and it makes more sense than to being like, I mean, literally, like, let it breathe. He's just very good at this. He knows what he's doing. He is, he is excellent. I mean, it's, I wonder what he would be doing if he hadn't gotten injured for all that time because he he's just he was on a roll leading into that and now he's on a roll again. Yeah. His promos are some of the best. He's just really good, man. He's been doing this for a while. He knows what's up. So uh it'll be interesting to see what happens when their title match is gonna happen at double or nothing. So we'll see. Zaddy Christian, good on the mic, good in his fashion, good in the ring. Uh, guys, we also get a uh, hype reel for Darby Allen, much like we did earlier for Sammy Guevara and, uh, and MJF. Uh, another thing to note here without touching on everything, but you know, love that they showed Darby Allen, his tiny dog, which got the result for, or the, uh, the, uh, not result. My God, the reaction for Mrs. Money. She said, look at his dog. And I missed it. But, um, Showed his dog, showed him with his dad, showed him sort of skating and doing all this crazy shit. Um, and then uh, had Sting speak on his behalf. So again, if we're just keeping track here, Sammy Guevara's support system spoke about him. Uh, Sting, or Darby's support system spoke for him. And it was, who was it? It's Sting! That's what I thought. I couldn't remember. Thank you. Uh, but no support system for MJF because he's a son of a bitch. So nobody didn't have anything him. else. To, that's right. Didn't have anything else to add about that. Just want to call attention. No support for MJF. A lot of support for the other people. We've got one more to go. Uh, moving on to the next match. We had Anna Jay and Julia Hart in a no DQ, no holds barred match. We see Julia Hart win by submission here with the heartless lock. Uh, guys, I'll be honest here. I thought this match wasn't. I thought it was shitty, if I'm being honest. Didn't love it. Um, Julia clearly looked rattled after a few things. And um, I don't know. I just didn't love it. It just didn't seem cohesive. It's And it seemed like at the end of it, the commentary team to me was just really trying to pump up how good this match was. And it's like, man, you're to me, it was like, you're trying to polish a turd right now. Like, this is not, this wasn't that good. Like somebody was like, they left it all in the ring. I'm like, it wasn't compared to some of the other shit we've seen the ladies do. This just didn't have the same cachet to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Convince me I'm wrong. I don't know. What do you guys think? I I kind of liked it. I understand where you're coming from, but I think my expectations were also just not uh, too high just because Julia Hart is so green. Like, she's so new at this still. But what I did love was um, the introductions. God, that theme and the presentation for Julia Hart. And then Anna Jay jumping her immediately to me was like such a sweet cross-section of what they both do best. It wasn't like the cleanest match for sure, but at the same time, I think like the leaving it all on the floor thing was more a reaction to like they got every ounce of juice that they could out of the stipulation of the match. I think there's still definitely stuff that like uh, I think Anna Jay needs to continue to get reps because when she there's a there's a really big difference pretty much in every wrestler, but I've noticed with Anna Jay 
the more consistent work she gets, she's incredibly fluid. And then when she's start and stop, like it just gets like a little bit rusty. And Julia Hart just needs time. Like she, her kickouts didn't look great in this. Um, no. This was definitely like the most physical match of her career. Uh, but from a character standpoint and from a utilization of everything that they were given standpoint, I thought it was pretty good. Definitely not my favorite in the style of these matches, but I, I kind of wasn't expecting it to be. But um, I, I can understand where you were coming from. Like the, the pacing definitely fell off here, but I liked that they did it. And I just, I think I'm just so trying to root for the women's division on now that we're seeing effort in these ways. Like this mm -hmm. was a blow off match of a story that they developed. And a year ago, we weren't even close to any of that. So like a probably right. a little bit sweeter on it than, than maybe I should be. But I just appreciate that. Like this had nothing to do with the outcasts, but it was a blow off and on television and, and things like that. So I, if I'm looking at it from a completely objective point of view, it, probably wasn't that great but i did appreciate a lot about what was trying to be done here and um god the julia hart presentation is great so i hope her her in-ring catches up because her coming down with that music and looking up it's just like what yeah. a powerful moment that they create with her yeah and just to be clear i don't have a problem with pretty much everything you said about the character and even like the story build and sort of this little feud and the blow off. I don't I don't have a problem with any of that. It was literally just the quality of this match. Sure. Very just fair. Really to me wasn't there. Like you said, the kickouts weren't there. That final chair suplex missed completely. Yeah, that like, was rough. You know, and commentary's trying to pump it up like, "Oh, her lower half." It's like, "Yeah, her foot." like you know hit a chair they always do that though like Nigel i know Guinness does that in roh i i know they do and they're stuff. they're just trying to do their job i get it but like but it was a big gap to close i get it. a huge gap you know so that that was just to me why this didn't do anything for me love the character love the presentation love the fact that they're building stories and paying them off like i love all that but the like the letdown was the quality of this match that was Makes it sense. That was it. Shlong, what do you think? It's going to shock you. You loved but it. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. <gasps> no, no way. Listen, was it the most high quality match of all time? Yes. This is going down <laughs> as the greatest wow. that has ever happened. Uh, you can no, have I mean, your Eddie's and Ray's. <laughs> you can have your Brett versus Owen. You can have your Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at Mania. You can have your Kenny and Danielsons for Ryan. It's Julia it's Hart and Anna Jay on a random dynamite. In the in the history of wrestling matches, most people may say the best match of all time in all of professional wrestling is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Macho Man Randy Savage. For Schlong, Julia Hart, and Anna Jay ass. Someone has to have taste. I <laughs> guess it's me. Okay. Okay realistically no it is not the oh. classic that that these others would be but i was bought into the story and didn't need it the 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 classic that like say we saw i don't even know if we call it classic but the level of match that we saw later on i just need to enjoy the story and what they're telling and i bought into 
how much these two were angry at each other. I bought into the distaste. I bought into the violence. I bought into all of it so I could forgive some of those the mistakes that happened. And that just made it enjoyable to me that I just could buy into everything that they were telling me and that I'm pretty good. Like, like you said, the, uh, in the Ray Phoenix, uh, Claudio match when Ray missed the kick. Yeah. Those type of botches are hard to get around because it's whatever, but at least when like the suplex misses the chair, well, it's still a suplex. So there's still damage going on. I can forgive that kind of stuff a lot easier. Because as long as there's, you're not faking, if you're not trying to pretend that you hit, you know, a chair hit you when it clearly missed, well, that sucks. But if you can at least sell that you hit the floor, everybody's happy. So I, I enjoyed it. I mean, again, it's all about the story to me. And I, and I really liked the story they were telling here. Uh, and I hope they do more stuff like this, where they they tell these these stories that have, like Kate said, nothing to do with the outcasts. It's a, it's just two on their own tell more like this and it was kind of built up organically over time there was you know the one interaction and they they ran from it with there and and, and ran with it i should say and, and that's what i want so i don't need a perfect match i just need to enjoy what i'm saying and i enjoyed it and commentary did do a good job of recalling their history too like they used to be friends you know and now they're enemies like so they are, they did a good job with with a lot of parts of this but again the quality to me was just not there this match did make me think about how badly they need the TBS title to be a workhorse title and that I really yep. hope it's Chris that because we are not getting title defenses from Jamie Hayter, which is fine. Um, She's your champ. She shouldn't have to defend her title on a reg. Right. But like if we're getting collision and you know there's going to be people like me and a lot of other people that are saying, what are you going to do with the women over there? Uh, hopefully a tag division, but like you need one of the two titles to be defended on a more, I think, mm -hmm. frequent cadence for women's wrestling to feel important on your program. Um, so I, I really hope that it's Chris Statlander that dethrones Jade because a Chris Statlander workhorse title reign is something I am extremely interested in. Yeah, <laughs> oh, 100%. Especially if you saw how jacked she was on social media in her last post. She could not keep her shirt on in her arms. Are you kidding me? You see the picture? No, but I'm going to go look for it. Ooh, baby. Well, very similar to me, Aunt. Very similar. Oh, very jacked similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe. Just like okay, I see. XXL shirts because of, right. of the muscles. I get you. Know? you. I get yeah. you. Uh, by the way, when I say some people say the greatest match in the history of wrestling is Ricky Steamboat Macho Man, I really mean me. Uh, yeah, I figured that you were some people. Um, Antis people. I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people. I am a person. Uh, guys, Renee Paquette is backstage interviewing the best friends about their trio's title match. Orange Cassidy thinks he's got enough room in his backpack for three more belts. And Trent is really enthusiastic about all the prospects. Chuck Taylor is then prompted to pick the final rule. So let's not forget, this is under the open house rules, the new rules set forth by um, by the House of Black. It's a uh, 20 count on the outside. Uh, no rope breaks. Uh, disqualification is enforced and then there is a dealer's choice where the opposing team gets to call out a stipulation a final stipulation for the match so Chuck Taylor is prompted to pick the rule but 
Uh, he said, you didn't tell me what the what we were picking. So they settle on all witches are banned from ringside. <laughs> and then the best amigos make their entrance and they go to a little break. Now, here's here's one thing. I love the comedy in this, but from a logical standpoint, why would you ban? Uh, why would you ban Julia Hart from ringside? She just had a. A brutal match. She's not going to be at ringside. Well, because she's real mean. They said it. I guess. I'm just like, pick a better stipulation. This is the first one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's the best friends and they forgot. So I kind of like that. It's Um, true. But also, if she's an evil witch goddess, she doesn't have to like physically interfere, right? Like Mm -hmm. they haven't seen her use magic powers, but they have seen her use the mist. So it's like, she could have had a an ass cake and mash, but still come down and spit mist in your face. Um, I guess. I guess. Right. Anyway, do this Chris Statlander video of her just being fucking jacked so that we can play it. What are you doing? <laughs> At Where your is leisure. it? I sent oh, it to the it. Mark Order DMs. It's like impressively swole. I could pull it up. Uh, before we get there, let's look at the DMs. You could slide up in the DMs. Slide I'm already there, the and DMs. I got it. Slide up in the DMs. You could also slide up into our link tree to request free stickers. We've we've already done it. Don't and don't. The segue don't, was there. I couldn't let it go. I know. In the world, but I put this top on, and I just look. <laughs> Look at how busted out of her yeah. shirt she is. I don't know. She looks great. I feel too big. This is I'm so not funny. saying I'm the most jacked. No, you look great, Chris Stat. But you're not going to play the part where she holds up her small dog and goes, this is a full-grown Great Dane? But I put this top on, and I just... I, that was the whole video, Kate. Oh, it was? Someone cut it yes. off. Okay. The next thing she says, she's like, I think I'm I too small. And she picks up her meat-sized dog and goes, this is a I'm full-size not- Great Dane. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So anyway, we go to the best amigos, Bandito, Chuck, and Trent versus the House of Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Malachi Black. Uh, So guys, what I did like about this is the special presentation for this match. The dark crowd, the light only on the ring, not even like a regular light. It's almost like a blue hue. And then the like sparkly fire embers around the whole, you know, arena on the LEDs as well as the main screen. I thought that was a nice way to separate this. Uh, but just cutting to the end of this match, the House of Black do win by pinfall with Dante's Inferno from Brody King on Chuck Taylor to retain the trios championship. Um, so um, so they retain. And Orange Cassidy was backstage watching this. And I forgot to mention that uh, as the best amigos were leaving uh, before this match started, Renee did ask Orange Cassidy. I don't remember what she asked him, but he goes, I'm tired, Renee. I'm so tired. So tired. (laughs) So anyway, they cut back to backstage after this match. And we see that uh, Orange Orange Cassidy has been beaten down. And they pan up to show Kyle Fletcher of Aussie Open uh, standing over him, holding up his titles. And he says, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. So it looks like we're maybe going to get a Kyle Fletcher 
we are going to get a Kyle Fletcher Orange Cassidy match, which should rock. I don't know how you felt, Ant and Ryan, but seeing Aussie Open live, particularly Kyle Fletcher, mm-hmm. was like a different level mm-hmm. of awesome for them. Like, I love them on TV, but live, they're just one of those acts that you're just like, damn, you're cool live. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, I think we even said that, Kate, on the episode we did after the road trip. Um, yeah, I think so. Recapping. I think we said if you haven't been able to see Aussie Open Live and you can see Aussie Open Live, <clears throat> take that opportunity. And do see Aussie Open Live. Boom. Okay. Ryan knows. Uh, so, yeah, uh, House of Black retains under their new rules. Uh, what did we think? Ryan, let's go to you first, because usually you hate stuff, but... What did you think of this match as well as um, like this new sort of presentation in the the whole rules, open house rules? It looked awesome. It When you do it, it's different for them, which is cool. I wouldn't like every match like this, but to do it special for them makes it look really awesome. And unlike some other places that have chosen some lighting setups for their people, just having a giant spotlight on the ring works because visually it still looks good. You're not struggling to look through red or green screen. Um, it was, I mean, the match was great. You had six awesome wrestlers going at it. There's not much you can say. Obviously, you knew who was going to win. Bandito as a throwing character to the best friends. They were not taking it, but it gave them a chance to to show up. And Buddy Matthews is, oh boy, he, he's. He's. I want to see more House of Black in this trios, but when they're done, he needs a singles run because he is just incredible. He del- he delivers things with like perfect timing. Yeah, his singles match with Orange Cassidy for the international title was really fantastic. I think uh, it's almost like how Kyle O'Reilly was right before he got injured, where he's starting to have those like breakout moments i think i've even made that comparison before but mm-hmm. um it just reconnected again in my add head but like one of those guys who've always been like oh that guy's really good and then um you're like oh yeah i remember <laughs> yeah uh i also think there's fun stories to be told with this of people having to face all three of them um that i i, I think could be really really fun because they're all three are so different, but Fun Matt is just having some really, really breakout performances in this. I'm so glad they gave him this ring stipulation thing. I love that it defaults to the challenger. That's such like a flex that I love. Loved right. the lighting, looked very cool. But it's taken so long for them to get into something that feels like it's heading toward a story that using this device, I think, is a super interesting way to kick off like what really feels like getting their reign underway. Um, I love it. I'm so excited. I think best friends were a perfect best amigos mm-hmm. were a, a great challenger out the gate because they don't, they don't lose anything by losing here. And it let house of black look as dominant as I think you wanted them to in the first go at something like this. And I'm just intrigued because I think they could do a lot with this. It doesn't always have to be a dramatic stipulation. There could be ones that are no stipulation, but um, there's fun ways to build story with this world that they've created. 
And the trio's titles already feel so special that adding this extra layer on top of that is really, really fun. Yeah, and you know, like uh I'm even for like the stipulation being something that we don't, you know, we don't see like as a normal stipulation, right? Like maybe you know, a stipulation would be like, oh, uh, well, chairs are legal, you know what I mean, or something stupid like that. But like, even if somebody were like no close fist punches, you know what I mean? Like that's a totally different style of match, almost like a pure match. Unlimited open mouth kisses. That would be fantastic. Crotch grabs. 100%. Wiener tugs. Whoa. Now we're starting to train into uncharted territories, but I don't hate it. Consensual ones and all, but I'm just saying. It's got to be. You're in a fight. You're asking for unique stipulations. I'm delivering them. That's it. That's the one. And I like it. I don't mind it. Uh, All right. Moving on from this, we get uh, hype reel for Jungle Boy, just like we did the other pillars. Uh, and, um, again, just interesting to note, Jungle Boy has somebody speaking on his behalf, even though it's somebody, uh, it is Christian, somebody who is no longer on his side. Christian has nothing but glowing things to say about Jungle Man, Jack Perry. So again, just keeping track here, Jungle Boy, support system at one point, who speaks on his behalf. We have Darby Allen, support system, speaks on his behalf. Sammy, support system, speaks on his behalf. MJF, no support. Nobody. Nobody loves MJF. I wish there wasn't such, like, division between the two, because it would be so funny if MJF did, like, an, a dumb AI, like, Cody Rhodes speaking on his behalf thing, but it's clearly oh, yeah. MJF's voice. They might be able to get away with that anyway, but it would be so great if it was just, like, MJF so great, whatever. It's like obviously Max's voice. Would yeah, be so much fun. <laughs> yeah, he would just do something completely stupid. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so we we have this four pillars hype up. Um. So none of them appearing live tonight. That's totally fine. Let's give them a little break because then they'll probably pick it up within you know well next week or in the week after because then we're basically at the pay-per-view it's crazy how quick this snuck up on us even mrs money tonight was like oh that's coming up i'm like yeah like two weeks like it's wild um so double or nothing's coming uh they also hyped up the cards for next week uh the the next week of shows we did find out uh that we were getting absolute ricky starks versus jay white uh, yeah, Switchblade Jay White. Who? Switchblade Jay White. Oh, God damn it! Too slow. Take it from the top. Uh, uh, yeah, it's Ricky Starks versus Switchblade Jay White. I feel like you're supposed to hit it after I say Switchblade. Yeah, but you didn't pause. <clears throat> you just got so yeah, we're me. getting uh, we're getting Ricky Starks against Switchblade. Jay White. There it Nailed is. It. <laughs> We're getting the timing. We're getting the timing. Uh, so that should be a fun match. Um, they announced a bunch of other stuff, but I don't remember what it is. So we're just going to keep going. Uh, and now they start to lower the cage. And we go to break. So when they get back, we have the elite in the Blackpool Combat Club brawl on the floor before the match even begins. The Bucks take Wheeler Yuta out 
throwing him uh, off the stage. Danielson gets up from commentary because he had joined commentary and stalks after them. But Claudio Casagnoli takes them out and throws Matt Jackson off the stage. Nick Jackson gets in Danielson's face. Brian warns him to go pay attention to his brother and uh, dives on Claudio uh, and and Matt, or I'm sorry, uh, Nick uh, dives on Claudio and Wheeler as security tries to pull everybody apart. We finally get to the match. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega in the steel cage match. My goodness, what a match. This fucked. Now <laughs> we're going to jump to the end here and then we can talk about it all. John Moxley wins by pinfall. It should be noted, though, that we get there because Don Callis is able to get involved here, right? Uh, uh, Kenny Omega, um, uh, or Moxley, you're right. Hold on. I'll get there. Moxley has his screwdriver and this is when Don Callis gets involved. He climbs into the cage and takes it away. And then Kenny, by God, Omega, um, is able to hit a ripcord knee, one winged angel. You guys know nobody kicks out of the one winged angel. One, two, what the fuck? Don Callis spikes fucking Kenny with the screwdriver to break up the pin. Moxley wins. Paul Turner, after the match, is trying to get Don Callis to leave, but he stands there and looks down at the wound he put in Kenny Omega's forehead. Kenny's on his knees. Don grabs him holding the screwdriver high, but he can't drive it home for a second time. So he grabs Omega's head, says something to him, then kisses him on the forehead, shoving him down to the mat. That is the show. We don't know what was said to Kenny. We don't know what is driving, uh, you know, callous to turn on him. We know that he was pointing as, as the fans were sort of yelling at him from the crowd. He's pointing to his head. I don't know if he's pointing to the scar or if he's saying, you know, like I'm the smartest guy in the room. All I know is I was fucking shocked. I didn't see this coming at all. Really? Didn't see it. Not, not turning here. Okay. I guess I'm just smarter than you. <laughs> I just thought I if, no, I I, thought I, if he's going to turn, he was going to do it on a, on a bigger stage at the, at maybe the pay-per-view. Um, I just felt yeah. like with the, the steel cage and this feeling like such an important match, even though it was on free TV and right before up fronts, uh, fig- figure the turn was coming here and the pointing to the head thing. You know how they say like an eye for an eye? It's like a it's like a head for a head. But he you didn't know? give him the head scar. But he kind of like it's because of him and his friends that he got it. You know, all I can tell you guys is uh, you, do you, uh, everybody wants head and everybody needs everybody wants head head. Uh, according to Al Snow, that is. That's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just don't know. I'm I'm with Ryan. Like, if that's somehow how how they're spinning this, like, it's because of your my association with you that I got this. Uh, 
it's sort of like to me it's not that it's weak but it's sort of like come on don you're smarter than that you know what i mean and you're like, still being friendly with the people that actually did it right right well let's wait to hear what he has to say because kenny omega also did go on to just wrestle a match with jeff cobb right after that didn't really check in on his old friend donnie but i'm sure it'll be more than that i'm sure it's gonna be there's too much meat on the bone for that to be the only reason like it's such an extensive story they have a father-son relationship like i don't think they'll boil it down to something that basic um but i i loved a the match i loved the pre-match shenanigans nick mm -hmm. jackson just being like fine i'll go over there and i'll do a cross body off the stage fuck you guys i'm going home oh uh, so great uh, John Moxley just has such innovative offense and matches like this. Like he's always doing creative stuff with weapons that you don't generally see that makes you react uh, either cringing or with emotion or whatever. Kenny was great. I love that they're on opposite sides of the heel and face spectrum than the last time that they met. I thought that was really great. Um, and the ending was perfect. I love that the one winged angel is still protected, but not like the idea that no one's ever kicked out of it still, but now somebody has gotten a win after it's happened, I think is perfect. Um, I really, really liked this. It's so interesting seeing Claudio win earlier too for that tag title shot made me think of like who's his opponent going to be could very easily be Willer Yuta, but it could also be Takeshita. Uh, Cause give me Claudio and Takeshita versus the. Oh, Lucha see, Bros. I see Wheeler. I see Wheeler and Takeshita. But Claudio won tonight to secure for him. But at the end right. of the match, I don't know if it was Excalibur or Tony said, but what configuration of the Blackpool combat club? Oh, interesting. Okay. Could be the two of them. It's kind of weird that the world champion would also get a title shot. I would prefer it be Claudio and Takeshita just because their one-on-one -on -one match was so incredible. But like, I, I think this whole storyline also opens up Ali's A for Hangman Page to come back in and reunite with the Elite if he wants, and B for Takeshita to get involved on either side of this coin. Could be extremely fun. Um, but I just... What a compelling story and what a great... I, I did feel like it was happening tonight, just gut instinct, nothing more than that. But um, I, it's just such a, a perfect button on a great story for this piece of it. And I'm so intrigued to see where this turn goes. I'm also just so happy that Kenny is healthy right now. Cause like, yeah, I was thinking about not just the exploding barbed wire death match, but the, um, the match they had where Kenny went through the glass table and they were ripping up like the canvas in the outside of the ring to expose the ground. And Kenny was taking bumps on it. I was like, that guy needed like five surgeries at that point. This is insane. So yeah. happy he's healthy. It gets to, to be able to do it in, in the condition that he's in, but this main event could have been a pay-per-view main event. And I would not have been mad. Like this was perfectly, perfectly done. I love that it didn't take up a ton of time either because it just felt like they were balls to the wall for the entire 15 minutes or whatever that it was that they were in there. So I I think this was an absolute home run, a super interesting way to go home. And just like this whole episode being so strong going into upfronts is such a great thing because there's so much healthy like, oh my God, Miro's back. Oh my gosh, did you see the end of this? Is What's Collision going to be? Like 
they created a lot of buzz going into what's going to be a very important next, I think it's May 17th, um, yes. which is going to be very, very, very interesting to see what comes out of that. So very excited, very healthy episode for uh, AEW and for uh, just the wrestling industry right now. It's a good thing. Shlong, this match, what'd you think? I could watch the V-Trigger knocking over the cage over and over and over and over again. That was incredible. And knowing they didn't get hurt. Obviously, that's the big caveat because I was worried at first. being like, Holy shit. Me too. I was like, there go his ligaments. That is so innovative. I've never seen that before. It, It just made the whole thing great. I Danielson on commentary is hilarious. He just he gets it. Um, I like that they and, got the shenanigans. Hmm? I was gonna say, and his reaction at the end was fantastic. Yeah, yes, he almost seems surprised. Yeah, it's telling. like you don't, but it's almost like, and they even said to him, "Well, you probably knew what was going on," and he didn't really give anything up. So it's like, was he surprised? Did he know? I don't know. Yeah, like to me, it almost seems like Don didn't tell them and he just did that on his own. Uh, But either way, big fan of him on commentary. I just, I prefer, I try not to to be like, oh, I prefer the way AEW does things over WWE because just because we're an AEW podcast, but I do prefer AEW's cage matches over wwe's because the whole point is being in the cage this ends in a pinfall even when they broke the cage i had a moment where i forgot which company i was watching and they did the v trigger that took over the cage wall and i'm like oh so that's how they end this match and then yeah he was gonna escape the cage that way yeah. yeah and then i remember oh that doesn't matter in this company they actually used the cage for what it was originally designed for which is no interference, which is also why I like that the shenanigans didn't happen during the match. They happened after so that it kept the cage protected as like, this is the zone of no interference. And the only reason Don Callis got into the ring is because they knocked down a wall. And a rope was taken down. Yeah. Yeah. Ropes that he used like in the match, like just God, no, every ounce of this was so perfectly, um, Every ounce of the story was perfectly told here. Like it, it was so much fun, and um, I'm I'm just so intrigued to see where it goes because there's so many things they can do with it. Yeah, all I'm, I can tell I'm, you, I love the story. All I could tell you is the way they're building this to the pay per view. This this feud specifically has been fantastic because we still don't know what we're getting, right? Like we. Are we getting a four on four and who's going to be the fourth, right? Is it going to be hangman? That's what all signs would point to. Do we get a shocking return from Ibushi? Like that's still out there. He's not signed anywhere. The rumors were that him and Kenny were talking about, you know, more than what they normally do. And like, how's your shoulder? How's your knee? You know, all that kind of stuff. Like there's so many ways they could go with this. And there's still so many questions, but it's all intriguing, you know, and that's all you this can is want. Now the best story in wrestling uh, since the bloodline story in WWE is kind of played itself out for right now until they fix it. 
this has become the best story in wrestling. This is the one I'm the most interested in. Well, we got two more weeks before we figure out how this sort of either wraps up or goes to the next level at the pay-per-view. Until the darks disappeared, because otherwise his favorite story would have been on dark. It would have been something that was like these two people who are never on TV. Kate, you invoked it. Matches. Why would you say the names that shouldn't be said anymore? I'm sorry. You know, I mean, yes. I mean, I just figured he was still grieving after we got the funeral last week. I didn't think he was. It was already like. Who the fuck do you think you are to bring up those shows? Who told you it was open mic fight? That's what I want to know. Well, listen. Um, Ryan is clearly moving on in his stages of grief. He had the shock. He's anger. Early on. Sorry, every everything froze, uh, and all I had was Ryan basically like this. Um, so uh, he went through shock. He went through denial. Clearly, um, now he's in anger. I thought I the grief know. system was the dentist system. Is I that wrong? I'll never get to accept this. No, <laughs> listen. That's how I get ladies detach emotionally, right? <laughs> Yeah, the dentist system, we've gone through this before, but uh, we can do it again because we should all be reminded of the signs to look out for with the dentist system. Of course. Um, the dentist system is to demonstrate value. Those your value. Engage physically. Nurture dependence. Neglect emotionally. Inspire hope and separate entirely. entirely. Beautiful. Entirely. It's beautiful. So yes, uh, not quite uh, the seven stages of grief. Uh, for those keeping track, uh, anger is the third. So pretty soon Ryan will be moving on to the next four, which would be bargaining. Yes, next. <laughs> uh, I, I want to point out that Jesse has just given me a great idea on what a tweet I will be sending to Tony Khan. Bargaining. I just want to point out that Jesse Ozog is literally a Shakespeare profession, uh, professor and knows the dentist system and bargaining. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, bargaining followed by depression, acceptance and hope, and then he, Ryan will finally be able to process his grief. I don't think I'll ever be able to accept it. That's what you say now. But fight, eventually you get there, like Ryan. You. Eventually It'll you'll probably get there. be our way. Probably <laughs> not the same. I know, buddy. I know. I know buddy. I'm sorry I, I brought it up. <sighs> okay. Are we all good? We're good now? I think we're good. Okay. Just because I didn't get to talk about it with you guys. Mm-hmm. Miro's back. Yep. Butter Rose is back. Yep. They're going into Tony Khan's office. Yep. We think this is leading toward collision, right? Ryan and I, shockingly, Kate, because you weren't here for the discussion, Ryan and I both were just like, eh, whatever. Really? Okay. Because yeah. I, I think this is setting up them going to collision. I don't think they're going to do this, but I also had a fun idea of a CM Punk, Miro, Thunder Rosa, champions that got fucked over stable uh, coming out of that as like a really, really fun thing, but... Uh, I think by tomorrow afternoon, it's 
people are, if they choose to, are going to know who CM Punk is going to be feuding with. And it, I think it's not going to be something like that. <laughs> it's going to be me. It's going to be Ryan. CM Punk and Ryan. CM Punk just got promos and Ryan singing songs and doing bits. <laughs> just. He wouldn't know how to handle me. He wouldn't. Because he, he'd be so serious and I'd be so silly. I think he would just be like, I can't work with this guy. He's and probably like best probably have Dan a back- Housen. I think he knows how to work silly. <laughs> he no, might have no, a backstage I'm, brawl with you if you're not careful. Just be careful. Be careful. I can take him. Watch your back. Go for the knees. At least Ace won't be there, so you won't get bitten. Right? No? Yeah. But I, I like what if Larry is? You never know. I'll bring I'll bring a dog. Um we did. T- I was very excited for Miro. That's where I proposed the Orange Cassidy thing. Miro's so you proposed Orange Cassidy? Oh. I wish. Oh man! But Miro's international. Miro has could be like I should be an international champ. I'm an international talent. It's perfect. Uh, I just, I'm so happy he's back. And this, we were taught. We talked about this for a while. This is, if you're gonna have five hours of TV, you have to use way more talent than they currently are. So I'm glad oh, to see that's kind of already starting. Oh, no, but I'm glad to see it's already starting. Like, they're already bringing people back to be like, okay, we know in June is apparently when this is all launching. It's been now report, reported by like six different people now that it's nice to know that they're starting to, you know, put stuff out there now so that it's not just like June, whatever hits, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, crap, now we need to start doing things. Yes, and I think with as much as they have coming up with, all in, all out, Wembley, double or nothing, forbidden door, every all of the pay per views. <laughs> yeah. They need a clear and consistent plan. So I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, it's so, it's going to be so healthy for a roster that deserves more TV time. I'm pumped. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Some news and notes. Kate, you're not part of this group. But there are a lot of fans. No, you're not a part of the group that I'm going to mention here. Oh, okay. But there are a lot of people out there who are wondering why TK is giving so much screen time to Jeff Jarrett. You're not one of them because you love Because he's the motherfucking goat. That's right. He's the goat. He's the last outlaw. It all makes sense. But just so you know. Nickname. What's that? Nothing to do with Jared. I just really love the last outlaw nickname. I think it's a great nickname. It's perfect for Jeff Jarrett. Well, Jeff Jarrett's perfect. Oh, all right. You're right. I'm sorry. Well, Jeff Jarrett weighed in on this himself. He did an interview with Good Karma Wrestling and was asked why he deserves so much time on AEW television. And his response was, quote, emotional connection with the audience. It's just that simple. All you have to do is listen to the people in the arena. They love me. There's some kind of F.U. Jarrett that they get going on, but I think it's a term of endearment. They absolutely love it, but it's the emotional connection that will never go away. The moves will continue to get more and more aggressive and more and more athletic. That's just the nature of the beast. It's truly, I don't use this word lightly, but revolutionary. But at the end of the day, 
The emotional connection with the audience existed 70 years ago, and it's going to exist 70 years from now. That's what entertainment is all about. It's all about connecting with your audience. So. Free woo. Free woo. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. So I'm going to spoil who's Punk's first opponent. It's clearly Marco Stunt. Has to be. Blowing Um, scoops over there. So I'm starting Ryan Select for four dollars a month. The best bargain in wrestling. For you to say everything is Marco Stunt based. One that's literally all my scoops. (laughs) That's just it. I did it tonight to Matt, and I'll continue doing it forward. That's what's up. Matt's up by? Oh, God damn. No, no, no. Oh, I did it in the text. Text. Oh, 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 I was like, I thought he was in Hospital Pizza Truck Hill. No, when when I wasn't sure if I could spoil the Miro thing, I just said, I can't believe that Switchblade lost to Marco Stunt and Marco Stunt's return. <laughs> True. Uh, I wish yeah. we had footage of when Matt couldn't handle seeing Switchblade. What should we take? Yeah, I mean, that's part of the fun of just living in the moment, right? We don't have to fucking videotape everything. Like the yeah, but that would have been fun to videotape. That would have. But like, you know, you go to concerts now and I'm watching the show through people's fucking cell phones. It's ta- It's terrible. That is the worst. Or there was a guy literally filming. I, I was at a Sixers game. It was probably like two, three years ago. It was before COVID. So like 2019. He literally filmed the entire game with his phone raised. I'm like, one, you're blocking my view. Two, it's on TV. Yeah, you're never going to go back and watch that whole video. No. Never. never. We sound really God old. Damn it. Asian Joe just did it better. Shouldn't it be schlong select where you come for the loads of new scoops? God damn it, Asian Joe. That was way better. Asian Joe, we're going to hit you up for a writing gig as long as you're not part of, uh, as long as you'll write and you won't cross scab lines. So if we. Oh, I only want him if he's going to cross scab lines. Oh, Schlong turning heel on the writers. Scab, 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 scab. All what of the, do his pen me? name is just going to be the captain. <laughs> no, no. You're going to see some Ryan. really bad TV shows coming up. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, guys, I was saying that I, I really wish we had footage of Matt. And when he saw Switchblade. Oh, hold on. Sorry. I missed it. I knew he wasn't prepared. I knew it. It's, I put it away. The moment's over. The moment's over. Brian didn't like when I stuck it in my mouth last week. And I was like, no, I don't. No, it's, no, I'm so scared you're going to stab yourself. If he starts bleeding on stream, I'm going to laugh and then feel bad. We'll probably get blocked on YouTube for putting in vulgar stuff. Probably. But I'm sorry. Who did Matt see? When we were in Lake City, uh-huh. you know that Matt is such a Switchblade, Jay White fan. Uh, that he got so we saw. Yeah, 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 we were sitting there and there were a bunch of wrestlers. We were by like the penny slots because that's the only thing I play. And no, we, we, were, a... we were at roulette, but it's okay. They're all by each other. It's true. The important thing was mm-hmm. Matt was sitting down and who do his eyes come upon, but Switchblade. Jay White. And then he did one of the most classic ones. The start and stop, the stutter. (laughs) It it was like a guy in a 90s rom-com where he's trying to approach, like a teenage rom-com where he's trying to approach like the hot cheerleader and he's like, 
it was like what i appreciate is that matt didn't want to be the weird obnoxious interfering fan but it was hilarious to watch him have a fangirl moment it's literally the only time i've ever seen matt have a fan fan you know fanboy reaction he's usually like i don't know Ortiz, whoever was like bumping fists with people he knew from the podcast, which is but it comes along and he's like, it's also funny mm-hmm. because Matt is always the guy is like, did you get a picture? I'm like, no. And he's I like, why, why not? Just ask for a picture. I'm like, because I don't want to bother these guys. Don't be a fucking Mark. Just ask for yeah. a picture. And then I'm like, remember that time you didn't go? Uh, when you turned into the Chris Farley show to meet Jay White. <laughs> Who? Remember that? Do you man? remember that time you won? Do you remember the match in, in you had Japan? <laughs> against yeah. Kenny Omega? That was cool. That was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, Any Hooters? Sorry, news notes. We talked uh, a couple weeks ago about Moxley returning to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, we were told uh, in his first booking at May twenty first, resurgence in Long Beach, California. Uh, that he was going to be wrestling. Um, the second of those dates was revealed uh, that he was going to be teaming with uh, Shota Umino, uh, who Mox refers to as his young boy, um, uh, at Dominion on June 4th in Osaka. Yumino uh, broke the news about Moxley's return to Japan by stepping to uh, new never-open-weight six-man champions Okada, uh, Tanahashi and Tomohiro Ishii. So that figures uh, to be the match. And uh, we didn't know who the third man was um, uh, in that match, but they've announced it. Uh, and it does now look like it's going to be Moxley Umino and uh, someone from the BCC um, for Long Beach. It looks like Mox is bringing Wheeler Utah. So Matt's going to be so mad, but he's I figured as much. So angry. <laughs> so angry. It's got to be we're... Danielson. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no. no, no. Um, but who knows? Uh, because it does set the table for somebody else from the BCC to join them in Osaka. Um, so who knows? Maybe it will be Claudio. Maybe it will be Danielson. Who knows? But the final card for resurgence which New Japan confirmed uh, will main event the Mercedes Monet uh, or Stephanie Vak- uh, Vacker uh, facing Willow Nightingale or uh, Momo Kogo uh, for the new strong women's title. We'll have um, Tanahashi versus Will Ospreay in the semifinals of the IWGP United States Championship number one contenders tournament. Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino versus Okada. Big Tom Ishii and Rocky Romero. Hikuleo versus Kenta for the New Japan Strong title. Uh, Fred Rosser versus Juice Robinson in a street fight. So they're paying off that storyline, Kate. We saw them build up. Uh, Hell yeah, they are. Zack Sabre Jr. and Bad Dude Tito versus Barbaro uh, Cavanario and Virus. Willow Nightingale versus Momokogo in the uh, women's championship tournament semifinal Mercedes Monet versus Stephanie Vacker in the tournament first round. Uh, and then Bateman versus the DKC pre-show and Christopher Daniels versus Alex Coughlin or Coughlin, sorry, in uh, the pre-show. 
So it looks like a pretty good card if you're into New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hell yeah. Uh, guys, I know we've been talking a lot about Wembley, uh, because tickets went on sale in the pre-show. They did really well, or pre-sale, excuse me, tickets did really well in the pre-sale and they went on sale Friday and the early news Friday was that they sold 60,000 tickets in total on Friday. Uh, so, uh, clearly, uh, you know, everybody's feeling good about that. Uh, the Young Bucks even weighed in. Somebody from the WWE said, uh, you know, do you think you can ever sell out a stadium with 80K fans? The Bucks basically were saying, okay, let's call it a bet. Jericho also, you know, said uh, that he was excited for this sort of uh, dream event. Um, and guys, there's also some... the card. Haven't announced the card. So that's one thing I was going to say. The two things that are sort of floating out there is... <clears throat> one people are super impressed because there's no card announced zero anything zero matches and uh not even like a hint of what might be on that show and the second thing is there are some sites out there i think like um crap i can't remember the site or the twitter but there are people out there who are saying the number maybe even as of friday might have even been closer to like 65,000 so um I don't know, guys. I had it. At, I had it at seventy, and I think they were shooting for seventy. I think they can definitely make that seventy. There's still a lot of time left. I think they might have already hit seventy. Yeah, I was. I was seeing between sixty-five and seventy-five. They just weren't uh, announcing anything until they're positive they're at the next decade. So they would want to be positive they're they're at seventy. Is is the way that they're doing the announcement so far? I think they've got a shot at closer to 80, to be honest. Like, I I think, considering they haven't even announced it, I mean... Because you're going to get last-minute buys. Sure, and you're going to get people who said, this seems really cool, let me wait and see what matches are announced. And then you're going to have people that once matches are announced, or their guy is going to be appearing there for the first time in a decade, two decades, ever, uh, that are going to want to see it and then they're gonna see if there's are you gonna do osprey and omega or whatever like there's gonna be people that buy on for that so uh i think a realistic optimistic number is you're probably looking at eighty thousand. and if they sold it out i i would not be blown away based on some stuff like like if they get I, I don't know who's going to be available from WWE or who they're planning on bringing from other places, but like if Mercedes is there, if I don't know when Edge's contract is up, but if they do Edge and Christian right. in a tag match, like that's going to be insane. People are going to be buying. And you know, they're going to load it up with all like any big name, you know, UK British talent they can find for like a zero hour too. Yeah, I mean the whole card too. throughout. You know, I I, I you want would, you would think anything. you would think Soraya, uh Jamie Hader too for sure a that's, co-main that's event a, probably. Yeah, but I want Joe Hendry from Ooh. Impact. He's Scottish, and I want TK to pay the rights to have him parody a song for his entrance. I'm in because that's it, they were great. Hendry. But you got Will Ospreay, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, Zack yeah, Sabre but... Jr. could be involved in some way. Nigel McGinnis put out a tweet that said, 
I might have to, I don't know if he was just trolling because he seems like the type, but he said, I might have to dust off my wrestling boots. Um, I think you'd have to, if, if he if, can, if, if he can do anything, you have to put him in there with Danielson. Um, but my God, like that it's considering they didn't have the card announced at all. And the fact that they work in an open framework. Yeah, they, they could sell it out. Absolutely. It's just a matter of who they get. Now, I'd like to call this comment to the attention of this group. Asian Joe says, we doing a watch along here for the Wembley show. Well, Asian Joe, unfortunately, there's a booking conflict that day. I don't know if you guys realized. There's a little bit of a booking fiasco that day because somebody barbecue. <laughs> who we're all friends with is having another big barbecue that day. And that's the summer. That's the day this summer that he has available. So I don't know. I might be missing that a Sunday. Yes. Yep. So I can do a watch along because there's not a chance I'm going to the barbecue on a Sunday because it's two hours away. Well, here's the other thing is. What's true. I know. But the other thing, too, is that if they if they stream it live, you would think it's eight o'clock you british time right so it would be what three o'clock here i think it's a five hour difference right yeah so it'll be uh a, so if it's four hours you know it'll be three to seven which right. is actually perfect for like daytime wrestling three to seven beautiful i'm gonna say two things one i mm-hmm. prefer saturday pay-per-views well we're getting and, collision so good luck i know and two, if I can't get Saturday, give me these goddamn daytime pay-per-views. Yeah. I'm old. Let me finish by like seven. That's what she said. Well, Double or Nothing is on the 28th, right? So that Monday is the is Memorial Day. So suck it up, Buttercup. You could stay. Oh, well, that's fine. Monday. That's fine. If, if there's nothing the next day, I'm, I'm. it's just annoying that it's like, oh, it's, it's you know, it, it ends at midnight. And you're like. I now have to go like I've worked the next morning. It's just a pain in the ass to, to wind down after that. And you don't get to. Know, it's like well, some... all I can say is stop the presses, guys, because we got to send something to uh, Tony Khan. Uh, Jesse Ozak says that's the worst time for him. So oh. they need to move the event. Move it. Yeah. Just push it later. Put it 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock start British time. That's it. Just do it that way. Uh, let's see. Do you guys know that Jericho has recently been mentally and physically assaulted? Yeah, I do. Do you really? I didn't know you could be mentally assaulted, but okay. Sure. So, um, I mean, isn't that what verbal assault is? No, that's being verbally assaulted. But isn't it essentially just mentally assaulting someone then? No, I don't know how you mentally assault somebody. But what I can tell you is that Jericho and his band Fozzie were at the Hard Rock Cafe in Las Vegas. Um, and was, he was at apparently the Mandalay Bay for a period. Uh, and he tweeted about um, having a horrible experience trying to get his bags. Uh, the hotel uh, was holding for him. He said at Mandalay Bay, it's unacceptable that you tried to bully me and assault me. When all I wanted was my bags that I left at concierge, your security staff ignored me for 30 min 
and when I made some noise, physically and mentally assaulted me and laughed in my face. I want restitution now. Guys, he's a delicate little flower. He is a male Karen. <laughs> he's going to be starring in a rom-com on some network that we've never I heard. know. We talked about it with the country angle. And he's so excited to play a good guy. <laughs> That's right. He's very excited. And I said, Aunt, what is our standard for what's considered newsworthy? Because that sounds like some bullshit. <laughs> right. So, yes, he was men- mentally and physically assaulted. He also tweeted, hey, Derek, the manager, I'm a Hilton Hotels Diamond member with 2.5 million points. Why did you threaten me when I checked into into Hilton president in Kansas City? And you didn't have the rooms I paid for available. You threatened and demeaned me when all I wanted was the rooms I booked. Awful service. He also has told people in the past, uh, hey, uh, he's also tweeted to ADT. I've been on hold for three hours trying to give you my money. Can you contact me so I can pay this bill? Because you're just wasting our time at this point. Bad customer service. And he also, back in 2016, should just note that he said, awful service from Ben Franklin Plumber. Been waiting for them to come fix my water for five days and have been stood up by them twice. Unacceptable. So Jericho doesn't like when he gets bad customer service. Karen Co. Whoa. Maybe he should have given a shit when last year everybody was standing in line for fucking seven hours to get on his cruise then. Hey, listen, COVID protocols, all that stuff, you know, different time. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Where's cruise director Mike? I don't see him. Oh, that's right. I'm taking him back from that. If you don't, if you go to that barbecue and you don't go in that house to go to the bathroom and come back out with cruise director Mike that you, uh, uh, oceans 11 out of his, uh, (laughs) His podcast room upstairs. If it's can't. not in a case, I'll just take it back and see if he even notices. I doubt he's Wear got a fake eyes. mustache. There you go. Put on the jumpsuit for Madge. <laughs> Guys, did you know that Darby Allen is uh, sort of lining up his next big adrenaline rush? Adrenaline. Mount Everest. Something, something. Schlong's got it. He's climbing Everest. He so says, he uh, a thing that I'm going to be doing next year that no wrestler's ever done before is climbing Mount Everest. He told TMZ Sports, so it's got to be true. I'm sure. Then he's going to skateboard down it like a badass. <laughs> I mean, man, uh, that would be pretty badass. Everest is the highest peak on Earth at 29,031.7 feet. Uh, a little bit of history for those who don't know, Sir Edmund Hillary and Sherpa Tenzing Norgay are credited to be the first to reach the top on May 29th, 1953. Uh, the running tally is now over 4,000 climbers who've successfully scaled the summit. It's it's no joke getting up to Mount Everest, by the way. At least 321 people have died trying to reach the summit. Yeah, because they didn't bring their skateboard. That's very true. Although that's helping you get down, not up. 
Yeah, but you um, get in a tricky situation, you just scoot back down. I guess. There have already been four deaths this year in 2023. Uh, it takes around two months with a price of more than $40,000 for necessary oh. supplies, permits, See, and guides. What are we doing? He's going to die trying to get up there. I don't know. Kate. Aunt. Uh, Eddie Kingston Aunt confirmed. Monet. Eddie Kingston confirmed he did, in fact, have hernia surgery. Well, that's one of two people in our lives that need it. So let's hope Matt's next. <laughs> <laughs> and if Matt, uh, if Matt does uh, need it, I hope that he uh, announces it or confirms it sort of the same way that uh, Eddie Kingston does. Uh, did you happen to see uh, how he confirmed that uh, he had his surgery? I did not. Let me show you. Is it gross? No, it's right there. <laughs> it's uh, him in a hospital bed with a gown giving a middle finger. And he just said, uh, yep, done. He's the best. So uh, speedy recovery to Eddie. Hopefully uh, that is, you know, all good now. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how uh, how long it'll take for him to get back from, but uh, I think six weeks, six weeks. Yes. Well, six weeks to recover, but that doesn't mean you're back in six weeks. That's true. But that's it. I wanted to go out with some Eddie Kingston news because Kate was going to be here. Anybody Thanks, else have anything? Anybody else? Anybody? Bueller? Anybody? Nope. All right. Well. Let's tell people where we're going to be at. I'm going to go with Ryan first since he was here the whole show. Wow. Well, I guess you can find me at Mark Order Pod, not live tweeting Dark <laughs> oh, Elevation. Oh, see you. Those motherfuckers. Um, but yeah, come interact with me at Mark Order Pod. Uh, just don't be a jerk and I'll interact. And tomorrow, I actually have something. You oh. can find me. I will be on between two beards with plugo and jpj on love wrestling i think it's at eight o'clock i really should check that um <laughs> yeah you can find me there on their youtube I'll, I'll post it that sounds like fun you don't have a beard you should grow a beard just shaved you it's knew weird. you it's had so this weird book. when you shave you oh, look like Lord. so much younger it's so weird. I'm so used like to all seeing, my hosts having beards. Yeah, I don't like I, seeing your dumb, bald face. Wow. How fucking dare you? This, the third week after Dark and Elevation are gone? Hey, I didn't bring it up. I didn't say it. <laughs> don't get mad at me. I didn't say it. So look for Schlong tomorrow and on the Twitter machine. Uh, just don't mention the two things that shouldn't be mentioned. You know what we're talking about. Kate. What the fuck? Kate, tell the people where you're going to be at. Playing angelic music. Um, I had an alarm that I had to set. Uh, I am. For 115? Yes, I have ADD. I won't remember to do things I need to do at night without setting alarms. <laughs> Adderall is imagine long gone from my system. Can you imagine if you passed out and then at 1.15 your alarm's waking yeah. you up? Oh. 
Well, I said it for earlier. I just have to switch my laundry. I don't want shit to get moldy. Um, oh, yeah. That's an easy But one. you can find me at Miss Kate Fave on Twitter and TikTok. Kate's Instagrams on Instagram. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays on the Fightful main channel doing your NXT ROH and AEW Rampage and SmackDown post shows, which is basically just a SmackDown one because Rampage keeps moving around all the time. Fightful Select for pay-per-view post shows and for Monday Night Raw. Wednesdays right here back at the Mark Order podcast. And I've got my Excite Wrestling commentary coming up. In June, I'll let you guys know when that date is, but I think I have another commentary gig that I can't announce yet. Well, then why even mention it? Because I like, it's a lot of appetite. Isn't announcing the possibility of an announcement. She learned from Tony Khan. Yeah, I'm learned from Tony Khan. You're you're announcing that you're making an announcement. Next week for a huge announcement. About an announcement. About an announcement. And then we're going to have more About possibly announcing wrestling. Right. (laughs) With more announcements to follow. That's right. So, yes, uh, Kate says you can find her here every Wednesday, except when she uh, doesn't show up in double bucks. Anyway, um, I, told you I, was, I did show I told up. you I was going to do it, Ryan. Remember, I was like, I'm just going to keep burying the knife. I'm here. I'm going to take Jay White. Who, you mean Switchblade? Bam. Yeah, my Switchblade. Jay White. <laughs> that was a good one. It was okay. Um, no, I'm just messing with Kate because I know it gets under your skin. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm here since nobody asked me to be part of anything. That's fine. <laughs> I'm here Wednesdays and uh, I'll plug our socials at Mark Order Pod. Everywhere we are on social, the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the TikToks, the YouTubes, all over at Mark Order Pod. And you could find our link tree in all of our social profiles, which links you to all of our socials, but also has a way you could support us. It has two ways you could support us. One way for free to get free stickers. Uh, you just have to click the button, give us your full name, your full Uh, mailing address, the country you live in, and your email just in case I have questions about your mailing address. And then I will send you out some free Mark Order podcast stickers in the mail. Uh, We send them worldwide. I just sent some out. I think one LT here in the the chat. Yep. Got his stickers today. That's cool. So there you go. Thanks for asking for them. We love sending them. We send them worldwide. So keep those requests coming. The uh, other... Jesse, sorry, I just saw Jesse's mm-hmm, comment. Mm-hmm. Yes. June 2nd and 3rd are my excite dates. June 2nd one is at the R Not Mall. So if you are, for some reason, in the Elmira area, feel free to check us out. Uh, Unless you are not. <laughs> oh I can't even be mad because that's like a good, it's called the R Not Mall. Like it's begging for it. My but God. Yeah. Don't thank make you it for, okay. It's that's like a good one though. Don't. There's no such thing as a good pun. You know I'm a pun enthusiast. Doesn't make it right. <laughs> Stickers, t-shirts, and more at the Mark I didn't Order even Podcast. Get to the t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> there's also a link to the t-shirts, so check it out. Uh, if you click that button, you'll be taken here to our Pro Wrestling Tea store, or you can go to prowrestlingtees.com/slash Mark Pod. 
or just search the Pro Wrestling T-Store for Mark Order Podcast. You'll find all of our shirts, four of them, two single prints, two double-sided. Any of the money you spend there goes right back into producing this lovely show for you people. So uh, if you like to spend your money on us, we appreciate it greatly. And we still can't believe that people actually want to buy and wear our shirts. So thank you. Um, We fucking rule. Well, we do. I'm my favorite. I don't know how to break it to you guys. (laughs) So when I'm not here, I don't listen. I'm sorry. And Monday. Uh, thanks everybody who watched along with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. The Jesse Ozogs, one LT photo, Asian Joe, Slonamite checked in for a little bit. Caden was here. We booted him though. Pedro, <laughs> uh, who am I leaving out? Schlong, anybody else? I was in the chat uh, for a minute. Cabbage. No, we booted you too. Um, <laughs> Gordon Post. Sorry, Gordon. I didn't mean to neglect you either. I'm scanning back quickly. Yeah, that sounds like uh, just about everybody. Eric Freeds was in here earlier, too. So thank you, everybody who was watching along and chatting along. We love it. Uh, thanks, everybody who's listening in podcast form. We love you guys, too. Um, something everybody can do to, to help us out. If you take a few moments, rate, review, subscribe on any podcast platform you are part of. Uh, and, um, on YouTube, uh, that helps us out, uh, in more ways than you guys think. So a few minutes to sort of just rate, review, like, subscribe. We appreciate that. We know it's sort of a pain in the neck, but we appreciate it. Uh, also, if you're listening in podcast form and you've never checked us out in video form, check us out on YouTube. All the videos are there in the archives. And we have it all separated out. Here's our weekly shows. Here's our bonus shows. Here's other stuff. You know, so it's pretty easy. Yeah, we're great. We are. I'm still trying to figure out if we're doing that bonus show, that regular bonus show we talked about, about Mrs. Money's Many Men of AEW. So we're still working that out. More to come. Uh, Other than that, uh, we'll be back next week. I don't think I have anything else to say. We'll be back next week, or will we? Who knows? You'll have to tune. Well, they'll have to tune in to find out, right? Same bat time, same bat channel. We'll see. Schlong, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) It's like, is he actually going to say anything? I debated it. Kate, I'm getting to you. I'm going to Schlong first. He. Launched this program with me. Launched it. Kate, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. I appreciate being here. Thanks it was for- nice to hang out with Ryan and Aunt and Switchblade. I don't have it. It's already away. We Close the away. show. Close the show. It's done. It. It's it. it is done. Now I'm going to make it go an extra minute. Tune in next week for all these bits that we continue to, per, you know, <laughs> put in your ears every week. Tune in for the bits. By the way, Kate, tonight, it wasn't a commercial, Just, but just so you know, it wasn't a commercial, but I did have to tell people how much I love high chews. I don't know if you love high chews. I love high chews. Oh my gosh, because you know what? They're sweet and sour, and that's what I love about a good high chew. These ones are sweet and sour, but they also have tropical. They have soda flavors. 
But here's, you know what I love, Kate? What a delicious array of flavors that anybody can enjoy. They're uh, immensely fruity and intensely chewy. That's how some people have referred to me before. So uh, it is delightful. And on that note, we're wrapped. So thank you all for listening tonight. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week on the Mark Order Podcast, part of the Shining Wizards Network. the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.